Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I'm your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Medeca. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. We are locked in, ready to go. Um, you know, last week, I'm pretty sure, Mike, we had our biggest show ever. Not just in length, but I think just an overall topics and everything else. I think it, w- it was action-packed from start to beginning. Uh, and this week is no different, right? A lot of stuff to go over this week. Um... You know, the NFL season, it's over, but it's not really over, right? We got the NFL scouting combine starting this week, uh, which means mock draft season, which we're going to go over as well. We got another mock draft for you guys. Uh, we've also got, we are going to name our top NBA 75 team. So our starting five from the all 75 list that came out over all-star break weekend. We're also going to do an NBA check-in. We're also going to be ranking our top 10 quarterbacks going into next season. Now that we've got some some clarity on the picture, right? We've had the playoffs play out. Did it change some lists? Um, you know, every year we go through and we do a game where we select, you know, based on a random number. We'll still do that at the beginning of the year once we know where everybody lands. But at the end of the season, where's your list for your top 10? We've also going to be doing some AEW Revolution talk, which is actually how we're going to start off this show, Mike. Um you know, Revolution coming up, you know, one of the one of the four pay-per-views for AEW, right? So we're all going to be locked in, ready to go. It's this su- mm-hmm. it's this Sunday, right? They're putting on a Sunday this, this year. Yeah, it's they, uh, March 6th. Yeah, because so they, they hate me and I'm going to stay up late and all that yeah. stuff. Just so long as we can't talk about it until the following week's show, mm-hmm, right? Exactly. They like to we get that. a whole week yeah. to like, digest <laughs> yeah. what a show is going to be. And somehow I'm going to be still upset. Even though I know Adam Cole's not going to win the title, I'm still going to be upset about it, but it's yes. fine. Um, thoughts going into the show? Um you know, I have some comments and some thoughts on some of the, you know, some of the headlining stuff that we've seen so far. Um, you know, where, where are you at on the whole AEW front right now? Looking at the card, you know, as compared to previous years, mm-hmm. then they got some following up to do. They've had the past couple pay-per-views. They really knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Um, I know, mean, where I, are you at with this? I think they've uh, stacked us up pretty well. Yeah. Um, I think there are more... I think they. I feel like they've added more matches to this one, mm-hmm. to the point where I feel like there's a lot of like dead zone in there. Yeah. At the same time, though, I think having that in there mm-hmm. isn't necessarily bad because I also don't think you can just have a seven match banger card. Also, yeah. just like going back to back to back. Because I was like talking with well, the people. Let, you got to let the audience up a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I was like, if you have like these top six matches I'm looking at right now, mm-hmm. just back to back to back to back to back. I was like, like I don't think it would, like, well, and, the crowd will die well, for it's, some yeah, of them. It's a value of diminishing return, right? Because yeah. it's like, okay, well, we're going to have this triple threat tag match, and that's going to be like, oh my gosh, that was awesome. And yeah. it's like, oh, and now we've got MGF versus Punk, and you go, yeah, I, I'm not even emotionally ready. Yeah, you can't yet. like go yeah. right into that, exactly. and then right after you can't go into the women's match yep. to then go into the men's world title like back to back. Like, and you you're have like, to by have... the time you get to the world title, you're it's it's very similar to for you WWE fans. All right, I just watched Rock Hogan. Yeah, and now I gotta watch Triple H Jericho for the title, and you mm-hmm. go, this is, should be a good match, but. I am exhausted yeah. emotionally from mm-hmm. watching what I just saw. So, yeah. 100%. Let's jump right in. Yeah, so we're going to open with our um, Tornado six-man tag match, which this is the first match I'll say I wish they didn't do this one and would have went a different <laughs> route with. Yeah. Um, so we have Darby Allen, Sting, and Sammy Guevara taking yep. on Andrade, Isaiah Cassie, and Matt Hardy. Yep. In in a more perfect world for me, I would have preferred to see it like a three-way between Guevara, Darby, and Andrade or something for the title. Um, I don't know. Now, booking-wise, I don't know if you could have one of them lose or whatever. Well, like, well, like I feel like that's like a weird – like you can have Andrade yeah. lose twice well, well, kind yeah, of thing. Right, Do you want to pin Darby? Yeah. Like, 
So, like, I don't know if booking-wise they could have found a way around that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something I think would have been better for the show than just a, a normal Tornado six-man tag. Yeah, this just feels like, all right, we're going to get Sting on the show, right? It's yeah. a big moment, right? But, blah, this, blah, 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 but blah. this is also, to me, one of, like, the two or three, like, we're going to put ups. in between yeah. the dog collar and the mm-hmm. world title or something. And that's, that's okay. That's, and that's, and that's okay, right? I think, you're, I think you're 100% spot on. Honestly, though, in my opinion, and this may be just me kind of sticking with that principle, though, I feel like, and I'm sure people would have dogged them if he didn't have them on the show, but if Sammy Guevara is not defending the title, then he doesn't need to be on the show. I, I would have much rather have seen, if we're going to do a six-man tag, mm-hmm. give me, you know, um, you know, like, give me Daniel Garcia and 2.0 versus three yeah. guys to get them over yeah. stronger. You know what I mean? Yeah. To give some guys that we don't see every single week mm-hmm. on television, let's 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 let them have an opening match, you know, let's yeah. start off, you know, maybe you know, maybe the triple threat tag opens the show and then we go into this, right? Mm-hmm. And then we go and and to give some levity to really explain like listen, hey, we're giving these guys big opportunities, you know. Um Something like that. I mean, having like maybe the Dark Order on this, having like Cole Cabana and Reynolds and you know the little dude. What's his mm-hmm. name? Uh, what's his, what's the short guy from Dark Order's name? It's gonna um, me now. It's gonna bug me. Anyway, point being, right? Um, Silver, John Silver, John Silver. Um, sure. Having them on there or something here. I think like you're really star-studded to make it feel like it's an important match, but everybody knows it's kind of a throwaway. So yeah, why not give some other guys some opportunities? Yeah, that's that's what I would agree with yeah. there. But other than that, it's whatever. Um, Faces yeah. win, by the way. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, we have our Face of the Revolution ladder match. So we got um, Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Keith Lee, Ricky Starks, Wardlow, and then the winner of uh, Pac and Buddy Matthews is going to be the sixth guy, just just so yeah, you're aware, I guess. On, on this one website, it has question marks. The other one actually yeah. gave me an idea of who it's going to be. Good. So we're going to have those six. Um, so I've had – so originally mm-hmm. going into this, I thought Wardlow was going to win. Really? Because they were gonna have, I thought he was gonna do a thing because they've been teasing the MGF Wardlow thing. Oh yeah, for so a while. I thought he was gonna go win the title. MGF was gonna be like, "Oh, give me the title because I own you." And Wardlow's right. that's when the turn was gonna happen or something. Right. Um, now I'm I'm kind of leaning against that. I don't think, I think MGF is too busy doing yeah. this punk thing, and then afterwards gonna be too busy doing something else that we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he wins. So now I think it's kind of up in the air between guys like. Ricky Starks or Keith Lee or maybe even Buddy Matthews. All right, now here let, let me ask you this because it's one of those things, right? You look at that list, right? Mm-hmm. You've got two guys on there who just debuted, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's a pick 'em in one sense, but do you already feel like they're just kind of there now? Like Keith Lee showing up, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Keith Lee, blah blah blah, right? I get it, but now it's like okay, now he's just. Here. He hasn't wrestled on TV since. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done anything. You know what I mean? Buddy Matthews just debuted. You know, Buddy wins it. Cool. Whatever. Yeah. Like what? Or, or Pac. Whatever. But the point is, is right. It's like Buddy's brought in. He's part of the House of Black now, right? We've got something with that. But I think it's going back to my point where I'm really concerned that we're just getting more and more debuts and they're not following up with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we've got a multiple guys now that have debuted within a month of each other that may potentially be in this match. Now, in this match context, it's cool because you go. Well, they could go a million different ways, which I like. Mm. At the same time, though, it's like, okay, if Keith Lee doesn't win, where are we going with Keith Lee? Yeah. Right? My, if, if Buddy Matthews doesn't win, it's like, okay, that I can at least explain away because he's doing the House of Black stuff. I'm guessing they're going to be in contention for the trios titles whenever they, they yeah. do those. I'm just, yeah. you know what I mean? Hopefully, maybe. The, uh, maybe they don't even have them and we just are being felled 
false information. Yeah. But. <laughs> um, that well, see, that's why. So, because when you it, to that context, yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna assume Buddy Matthews wins because I feel like his first match in, he probably should win I in AEW. So, as well. so if he's in here, I kind of look through everyone, and everyone kind of has something to do other than Keith Lee, yeah. which is why I lean towards Keith Lee now winning. Now, now let me ask you this though: in following with that, with that logic, Keith Lee wins, right? Do you think that they need to then approach this whole face of the revolution different than they did last year, where Scorpio Sky won it? And then they announce on the pay-per-view, oh, this Wednesday, he's challenging for the title. Scorpio Sky loses, and then we don't see Scorpio Sky anymore as a singles. No, so, I mean, you, you know what I mean? I think, I think Keith Lee actually has a good chance of beating Sammy Guevara yeah. if that ha- was to happen. Um, so... You got Keith Lee winning? Yeah, I have Keith Lee winning, yeah. Yeah. Because I just think everyone else, like, like Ricky Starks yeah. has the FTW thing going. Yeah. Orange really Cassidy like, can go I roll really with the best like, friends. really, really like... Uh, Ricky Starks. Starks. Yeah, I, mean, I know. I, I know a lot of people that do. Yeah, I was just saying, like, he has something oh, else no, no, to do. Yeah, I agree, Powerhouse yeah. Hobbs is kind of just, like, in and yeah. out. He'll be gone probably soon anyway. Yeah. Uh, and Buddy Matthews is doing his thing with uh, Alistair Black and them. Yeah. Malachi Black, whatever. So uh, that's why I have Keith Lee because he's the only one I don't see a necessarily a future for in the immediate future. Yeah. Um, yeah, I probably tend to agree with you on that. Um, I want to see them do something with this though right so if, if yeah. keith lee is going to win the, no matter who wins this thing right and they they challenge sammy they need to win because yeah. it needs to make this match feel important mm-hmm. right rather than it just being oh we have a six-way ladder match i want it to mean like wwe did such a good job in the early phase they've since destroyed it but in the early times of the money in the bank right where you're like anytime right obviously now this is just a regular match but point being is that's mm-hmm. like hey title match when whoever wins money in the bank is going to be a future world champion yeah. right I want this, if this is going to be their thing that they do every year, if you're the face of the revolution, let's take that and let's run with it, right? Why is that not, if Keith Lee wins this, that's what he should be known as. I am the face of the revolution, Keith Lee, Mm. TNT champion. Like, you know what I mean? And let's really establish that person as the face of the revolution, and then we kind of can can really build off of that, right? Rather than it just being, hey, he got a number one contendership, and now he lost it immediately. Yeah. That feels like a missed opportunity for them when they, as much as they want to have a good match on TV, let's have a good match on TV, but let's make it mean something to get into that match. Why yes. is it important to get in the face of the revolution match? Oh, because whoever wins it always has a really good shot of becoming TNT champion. Yes. You know what I mean? I, no, I, I totally agree with you on that. So, so yeah, I, I would probably tend to lean Keith Lee here as well. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have um, Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. To me, this is a match. This is going to be the worst match on the show, by yes, the way. Yes, it yeah. will be. This is a match where I, I kind of attribute to Punk and Eddie Kingston a little bit, too, mm-hmm. where I was like, you go into it, and their mic work is going to like make oh, yeah. you kind of like in. buy yeah. in. You'll be like, okay, I'm interested to see it. Yeah. But then when the match happens, it's going to be like seven minutes, and you're going to be like, that was okay. Yeah, that was and fine. this is one year in between crazy good matches on this show yeah. that you're just going to need to, okay, like, you can sing along to Jericho's yeah. theme. Eddie yeah. Kingston comes out. They fight for seven minutes. Eddie yeah. Kingston, I think, is probably going to win. Heavy story here, for Very sure. Very heavy this story. This is a pick for me a little bit, though, because I could see it going both ways. I, I could, too. I'm I think Eddie, Eddie Kingston though. needs a win. That's why. And, and he needs a win desperately. And I think right? Jericho kind of falling off a cliff, like losing the inner mm-hmm. circle, then losing this match, like kind of losing everything, mm-hmm. just to kind of restart stuff. Like, yeah. I think that's a good thing for Jericho to yeah, do right I now, think, too. Yeah, I think, you know, because Jericho, 
Jericho's in that position now, very much the Cena, the Ortons of the world, right? Where you're just like, they can lose 50 times in a row, and then they the world title, and you go, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it makes exactly. sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It exactly. just makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I, I would like to see Eddie get the win here. I think it helps establish him. I think Pride and Powerful is going to play a part in this match, actually. Yeah. Um, and they're going to maybe interfere, and that's kind of how we get... Once again, setting up for those trios titles, right? Getting another three guy. I, we're, like, we're booking geniuses. I don't, I don't know. What well, I know. Like they literally just put Buddy Matthews with the House I of know. Black. I was right. like, you. I could name you fourteen. Yeah. Six man team. Yeah. Or three man teams that they right have now. right now. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. Four how more many. Dark Order. No. <laughs> literally four more Dark Order. <laughs> but but they, yeah. You throw in like FTR and Sean Spears. You throw in the Elite, and you throw in the Undisputed Era. Air quotes like yeah. all of these teams that you have here. You're just setting up for six man titles. Just bring them up anyway. Yeah, I'm I was going to say that later, but yeah. I mean, you brought uh, it up now. It needs to happen. But but anyway, but anyway um, I think this match could lead in that. I think yeah. Eddie Kingston needs a win. So. I think this will. I think when I say this is going to be the worst match on the card, that's not a dig saying this match is going to be bad. I just think that everything else is going to be a car crash. So it's like, yeah, you're gonna be like, I don't know where. Like if you were like go. rating, like I'm like this match would be like two and a half yeah. stars, right. which isn't necessarily bad. Right. But it's everything else is going to be three, three and a half, four above yeah. stars. So you're like. That's just not going to live up to those kind of matches. Yeah, going to be really good though. I, I, I think it's going to be a solid match. I think Eddie Kingston getting the win would be huge for him, mm-hmm. and you know the promos that precede it will be or that, insane. Or, yeah, yeah, it's going to be awesome. All right, now this is kind of where I think the show really picks up, picks up a lot. Like yeah. you, you listen to these first three, and you go, "Why, why you guys care about the show?" Right. And then I'm going to hit these next five, and you yeah. probably be like, "Oh, okay, I can yeah, see I why." It. Yeah. Uh, first up, Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. Yeah. Um, that's really all you have to really say about it. I think Moxley pretty much wins this one pretty heavy. However, I do think it's going to be like a war. I do think there could be bloodshed. Yeah, like I they mentioned I, it. I, yeah. And I think afterwards there's going to be that mutual respect of like, man, we just went to war together. And that's what I hope happens. And I hope you are 100%. I do think there's going to be... And they get, team I up. Think, I think they're going to get some color in this for sure. Yes. Um, I don't think this match is going to be all that great. Moxley no. is not necessarily the best in-ring worker. Once again, a lot of story. They're going to need to space out Jericho and Eddie in this match because they're, it's going to be a very similar style. Yes. However, the storytelling in this is going to be great. My only concern is you're going to have Brian then lose basically all th- So he's had four major matches going into this, right? Yep. Time limit draw, time, time limit, limit draw, draw clean loss. loss. Clean loss, probably? Probably, yeah. Yeah, mm, I do think though that know. yeah, it's you know gonna be I mean? tough. But I think when you throw him in the tag division with Moxley, where yeah. I think that's probably where it's gonna be going. I think that changes do you everything. Think Brian sneak, do you think that if like Moxley just beats the crap out of him, but then Brian catches him with a roll up or the, something, and then Moxley goes, well played, like, yeah, well like, played. Type I, I I do think there's like, yeah. Yeah, I just don't think like Moxley's first big match back. Yeah, I can't imagine. I know, losing. I know. That's the but thing. I think that's that's the intrigue in this match is this is also we're gonna talk about. There's a lot of pickums on this one. Yes. and I think this is one of them where I could see he rolls him up and he goes, "Man, you outsmarted like, me." Yeah, like, this hey, is why I we're gonna everything, and I, you earn my respect. Yeah, and that's and why we're gonna go, go team up, yeah. or they could just go through an absolute war together. Moxley picks up the win, but he's like, "Man, you can do that with me." Imagine yeah. me and you together yeah. going against like the young bucks and stuff like now we can go to war with other teams i'm actually gonna pick brian in this match i think either way we get the same outcome which is good i want to see them together i think that's a dynamic that's never been explored wwe didn't do it right Mm -hmm. and having them as this weird like brian's a bad guy and moxley's doing this tweener thing where you're like could he be a bad guy? Yeah. Is he not a I bad guy? I feel like guy? they're both the weird thing about Brian too is like but he's, he's not so like popular. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, Brian to me is like not like bad guy. He's mm-hmm. just kinda like badass. Yeah. Kinda yeah. like he's he goes a, and he goes, like, yeah. Yeah, respect. Yeah, he's like Lee Morality. He's like, yeah, like 
like like you're really really good i'm just better than you yeah, exactly. like and that's just how good you'd be if you were me yeah exactly <laughs> like it's stuff like that where i'm like yes you're a bad guy yeah. but you're not like that heelish like no. you suck he's cheating to win you know like he's that. just he's like just, yeah he's, better a, than he's you. just better yeah. than you and i like that so i i would love to see them kind of combine here i think it you know i think it would leverage Moxley quite a bit to, you know, and these guys to really add. I, I'm not gonna say depth to tag vision because they have a ton of. Oh tag my teams, god! They have but like... what it would do is it would add legit star power, and I think immediately right, it's like okay, now them versus any tag team, and you're immediately like, oh, I gotta watch. I mean, it's yeah. Moxley and uh, Brian together. That's what I mean, like because yeah. they 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 hinted on Twitter about like the Young Bucks being like one of the first. I'm like yeah. them versus Young oh Bucks gosh, would be yeah. a that's a crazy, main that's a main event yeah. anywhere. Like so, them and all these FTR and all these tag teams, they could just put on bangers. Right. So, I, so. And that's a very interesting dynamic to me. It feels very. much It's funny that we talked about. We were talking weirdly enough. Me and Mike had a conversation about No Way Out 2001. Not this long ago, uh, about five minutes before we went on the air, and it's right before the two-man power trip happened, right with yeah. Stone Cold and Triple A. I feel very much like it's kind of that dynamic where you have two legit main event single stars combining, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, this is gonna," be. and they're a real tag team. You're like, "Oh, this is gonna, gonna be, be awesome. awesome." Yeah, like this is gonna be some of the yeah. best stuff. And they ever. might, and they might not last very long. They no. might only last a pay per view yeah. or two in terms yeah. of AEW time. But like, if they go to double or nothing, maybe win the titles, hold yeah. it for a month or two, and then and then lose done. it yeah. all out, and then you have an, and then they. Despite and at full gear, you have a big yeah, two out of three blow off match, and then you have a whole year of great storytelling between these two. So I think yeah. it would be a really fun time. Yeah. And it gives Brian because everyone was worried if he doesn't win the world title, what's Brian gonna do? Yeah. This gives Brian something for the next nine months to yeah. fill the no, void this, of whatever yeah, he's gonna really do. Good. And you've got so many possibilities. They keep them together. You you know you add young guys around him, right? They do yeah. You like make a nice faction thing. of people. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of possibilities. I think this is one of the, this is the match for me where I go from a long term booking perspective. You go. There's so much yes. on the bone there. It's very exciting. Yeah. So next up we have, I think, I'm not going to say my, I don't think this match is actually going to be necessarily like the greatest match ever, <laughs> but I think like the buildup. So like, so this is the dog collar match, right? Yeah. The CM Punk MGF match. The promo MGF cut the other day mm-hmm. was one of the best promos I think I've ever watched. Yeah. Like good. I sat there and I was like, cause like, I feel like the story he told it was real. Was like it was real, but it was like the most relatable story that oh, you could yeah. ever tell. Because like Absolutely. everyone on Earth, it doesn't matter if you're a fan of like music or if yeah. you're a fan of movies or whatever. You were at one time that person who you're like, man, I just want to get through this week because on Friday or Saturday yeah. I get to go to this concert uh, yeah. Yeah. or movie premiere or I whatever it, it is. I do it now. On April 23rd, we're going to see GCW, yeah, we're going to, and I'm like, I am can't wait. For I can't that wait show. for that yeah. show. But it's like I remember for me, I was like 12 years old, mm-hmm. and the Amazing Spider-Man 2 was coming out. I was like, man, on Friday yeah. I'm going it's to go see this over. movie, and, I, and I'm so excited. Hell, and so his uh, this Saturday I'm going to see Batman, and I am yeah, and so very excited. <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's like like everyone can relate to be like, I'm yeah. so excited to go meet my favorite wrestler on a the planet and when punk comes out the week before it's like it was with just another picture. tuesday yeah, for me with the picture and, and with and the it, picture itself yeah, yeah and like you and said it flips the dynamic yes, and that's the completely. part that was crazy is that you did a it's weird because the fans still booing him which is a credit which to is how amazing over he is yeah. but to then flip it and you're like oh punk kind of came off like a bit of like an asshole there yeah. at the end and you're like Wait, who's the good guy? And who's, who's the bad, bad guy? guy? You were like, and it was real. Mm-hmm. And then to come out and the best part about that promo for me was when he goes, "I became a wrestler because I wanted to become better than you because you're a quitter." Mm-hmm. That to me yep. just put it over the edge where I went, "Oh, just chef's kiss!" It is like perfect because 
you you start over here at point A. We go through this massive maze, and then we get to the point where he's still at the end. And goes because I'm, I'm better, better than, than you. you, and you go awesome. It was it was perfect. so great. Yeah. And certain then, times where you just go, this is magic right here. Yeah, and they, and he was doing it. Punk coming out without like a micro, like the yeah. most real right. talk was like, like, are you serious? Are you serious? And he's yeah. like, yeah. yeah, and walked away. Yeah. So my prediction for this match, because of that promo itself, yeah. is that I think that. Punk is gonna put the a beating on MGF for a lot of this match. I think MGF yeah. is going yeah. to take MGF a lot on this. Yeah. I think, but I think the way this ends, and I think it would be a really good ending to this, mm-hmm. is Punk has him in whatever submission exactly with the chain. Yeah, exactly he's gonna have it, and like right before he's about to pass out or whatever, he, and he's gonna be like, "Man, yeah, this is a lot." And he's gonna let it go. He's gonna get MGF up. They're gonna be like, "He's like, I'm yeah, sorry for doing this." And then MGF is gonna low him blow him, roll him up, do whatever, and yeah. he's gonna beat him clean in the middle of the ring with no help at all. Yeah. And then he's gonna walk out and be like, "I just yeah, mind game." And he's gonna flip everyone and off and leave. Go, Son of a bitch, beat. you yeah. really did to me again. Because the whole time you're gonna be like, you're gonna feel sympathetic for him yep. until the last second of that match yep. where he finally turns and goes, "That was all." Jo- hey I just guys, got you. You all. don't need to watch Revolution. We just told you what's gonna happen. Yeah, that's so exactly. That's what's exactly gonna what's gonna happen. MJF is gonna win. And then it's gonna. So what we talked about earlier, I think MJF is gonna then ride this into the world title. The world title, probably at the next at double or nothing. Yeah, where I think he probably should win. I think it's time. I think it's time now. Yeah, I think it's. I think because then he reset basically, right? Heel champions always. It's just easier. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I mean. So he wins his title at double or nothing against Hangman, and then you can have anybody in the world you want being the babyface to ride up against him. Um, you can even yeah. do like mox, whatever it is, but Whoever, you have you have a whole bunch of different people. But MJF is that heel champion where, as long as he's doing stuff like he is right now, mm-hmm. he could be heel champion for a year, and you'd yeah. be like, man, if he's going to cut promos like that, I'm in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for I think sure. I think MJF wins this. I think this is like my like lock too. Like yeah. I don't think there's any way CM Punk wins this. Would make sense for Punk to win it, unless you're going to have Punk go and win the world titles. Again, no, there's no sense in, in yeah. this happening. So yeah, MJF gets it for sure. Can't but yeah, yeah, this match is going to be gonna lose their mind when he turns, and because everyone know fair what you can feel it right. He's going to have him be, or he's going to have the pin one two. He gets up right something, and then it's just. Boom, and everyone's going, oh, and you know Tony Schwann's going to be like, that bastard. That you know, bastard, yeah, exactly. MJF, did it again. Yeah, I can't believe it. And he's going to laugh, there. and he's going to flip everyone off and do his thing. He's going to walk off, and then Dynamite the next Wednesday, yeah. he's going to get Covered food to yeah. balls. It's yeah. going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Anyway, so now we're going to get into all of our title matches. So those were all non-title matches. Yeah. Um, I guess it really did go from, like, least to, like, probably best of the non-title matches. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to hit into the world title matches. So, first we got the TBS title match. We got Jay Cargill versus Tay Conti. Didn't need this match on this show. Didn't doesn't, really need it. it. Um, she just defended it. Had a great match against um, the Bunny, which I thought was really good, actually. I thought she looked really good. Um, Bunny did a great job getting Jade over. Um, this match does not need to be on this yeah. show. I, it's completely unnecessary the, to me this by is, a lot of marks. Yeah, uh, I think this is going to be a short match that Jade's going to look yes, pretty and that's and that's my point, though, right, is that you don't need it like why how does it ha- doesn't help ty conti we already know jade's awesome right yeah. she's undefeated we got that but you haven't had a tnt title match in two shows now but now we're gonna have this it, it just doesn't no i don't like it i don't like it doesn't need to be on this show yeah. jade wins easy but it, it just there's no build and we're just it, it very much feels we're just gonna have a title match to have a title match you yeah. don't need it yeah th- need and it. that's like a seven minutes yeah. that you can add to no yeah for match sure to, to anything because anything. there's gonna be there's gonna be one I, I believe it's gonna be the tag match if you want me to throw it out there yeah. but i think there's gonna be one match where you're like man i wish that was like another five minutes mm-hmm. and then you're gonna wish this tbs yeah, match wasn't yeah. on there yeah. or maybe even like 
the the tornado six fan like wasn't on the show like one of these matches yeah. wasn't on the show mm-hmm. so you could add that 10 minutes onto mm-hmm. this other match that's yeah. really good but never hit that next yeah. level this match does not need to be on here so this will be a quick one yeah all right aw world three-way match so we have jurassic express versus red dragon who just won on yep, ramp the on the, the yep. battle royal uh we we at this second don't know who the third team is i have a very strong case it's going to be the young bucks yeah uh, I don't know if you think anything differently. No, I, it makes sense. I because know. I think, and, and um, someone like fancy booked this for me like two weeks ago where they were like, so it's going to be Red Dragons, Young Bucks, and they're going to basically cost each other the match. Yeah. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> yeah, 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 let's do that. And then the Red Dragons ones, I was like, so you're definitely right on this one. Yeah. So um, so Jurassic Express is going to win. Uh, Red Dragons, maybe Cole. I mean, Cole's in a match later, but yeah, um, something I, I, something's I, gonna happen where they where they intertangle. Yeah, and that's the part I kind of have a problem with. This. I think the match, the the quality, the quality match could be very good. Uh, but I'm I'm a little bit concerned with the fact that like I, I look at this and I go, I feel like it's too soon. Like I was I, when I was watching this match, I go when when Bobby Fish got eliminated early in this match, I was like, yep. okay, maybe Red Dragon doesn't get there. Maybe they're gonna go like Dark Order, Silver, and Reynolds, and maybe they'll do. Um, like FTR, or mm-hmm. maybe they'll give a new tag team a shot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, private party, something, something else, right? Um, and then they didn't do that, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm with you. But at the same time, to your point, right, I feel like this match should be a part where, like, Cole maybe isn't on the show, and he influences, and that's when that's, he decides, yeah. right, where to go. So I felt like in this, it's like, and, they, and, they, and actually, so they very well easily could just give them the titles to either one of these teams. If it's the young buck, if it winds up being the Bucks, right, and then one of those teams wins the tag titles, which I think is a little too premature, but I get it. And then they have a match, and then Cole decides. There's yeah. a lot of ways. Like to get I, to I, that I was decision. actually going to say, so like if Dressrix wins, but they both cost each other, yeah. maybe they have a match, right. To maybe determine number a, tr- a number one contender for like yeah. a TV battle of the belts or like a random yeah. dynamite episode, and then Cole's out there for that match, yeah. and maybe costs one of them. Right. More likely the Young Bucks, but like one of them, yeah. uh, the 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 match or whatever. Kenny comes out, and then, Kenny comes out and then we get titles. the trails titles. <laughs> the... <laughs> I can't wait. But anyway, yeah. So I, I think this could happen on like a dynamite or something where yeah. where they decide which one to go. Mm-hmm. Also, the promos. With uh, Brandon Cutler on Dynamite Hilarious. are just so funny because yeah, they're like, call, <laughs> I just love how they they start off every promo. They're like, "Is the camera on?" I yeah. just it just kills me every yeah. time he says it. So I'm yeah. like, "Ah, is the I camera on?" So yeah, funny. I think this match is gonna be really good. But yeah. I'm worried that this match or the world title match both will suffer um, from that thought of I feel like they're just getting going and the match ends. Yeah, because there's too many matches. Very yeah. concerning, and I think it's gonna actually wind up affecting the world title. We'll get there. I, I agree with that. Uh, I think Jurassic Express, though, if it is the Bucks and Red Dragon, huge win for them. By the way, huge wins. Yes, huge win for them. Um, I'm gonna assume co-main event at the moment because that's what I've been yeah. reading. But who, they could change it. Uh, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa for the women's uh, world title has a chance to be the best match on the show. <laughs> it definitely does. Um, I think this match is going to be an absolute banger. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm kind of conflicted. Yeah. Because I think Thunder Rosa probably should win the title, especially if you want to do something on this show. Because yeah. if you don't do it here, I don't know another match that's going to have a big title change. No. So I'm like, this is probably your big title change for your right. big pay-per-view thing. But I'm like, but Burt Baker is just so on fire yeah, I know. that, like, do you want her to lose the world title right now? Right. Right, I know, and it's one of those things. And I'm like, like scared that she's gonna get lost. Uh, she won't get lost in the shuffle, but it's like, what is she well, gonna be doing? It's every AEW Women's Champion, they drop the title and they go off TV yeah. for three months, and you go, 
Mm. Exactly. So, yeah. And I'm cool I with Thunder Rosa yeah. being world champion because she's awesome, but it's like, yeah, I don't want Britt Baker to leave television for three months either. I'm Unless worried. she goes into something with Jade Cargill for the TBS title, maybe. Well, but like, I'm worried. I'm worried that they're trying to set up Cargill versus um, Britt Baker, title versus title. And I think that's the worst decision for Oh, that would be stupid. Because, no. because then it makes the TBS title mean, mean nothing. Yeah. Right? So I'm worried that's what's going to happen. I feel like Jade Cargill is just going to continue to be undefeated. Yeah. And then she's going to win the but, women's title. And like, then she's going to go, here you go. Meh. Like, like I said, like I was like, I'd be cool if yeah. Thunder Rosa wins this one yeah. and like. At double or nothing, right, right. she like Britt Baker's like, you know what, you're undefeated. Right. You cost me this yeah. number one contendership match or whatever. So I'm going to challenge you for your TBS title, and then like that's maybe. Her I but like you know what I mean. I like think, I'm cool Brit's with that. Gonna, I think Britt's going to retain here. I think she's going to get her win back over Thunder Rosa okay. from that from that hardcore match. The lights out thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. I just think for whatever reason, I don't think they're ready to take the title off for you. Either way, I'm fine. Yeah. I just think that I think this is going to be a show where you end up not seeing any title changes. Okay. I mean, I think I think with the Brian and John Moxley thing and the dog yeah. collar, like, I think there's a lot on this show oh, yeah, that like you don't need a title no, change necessarily. No, no. But I think with a quarterly pay per view, I think a title change helps helps a lot yeah. because I think almost every it freshens it up a little yeah, bit. Almost, we got to go four more months and you have like the same champions unless yeah. someone loses on TV or something. But yeah. very unlikely that happens too. Right. So you have your world title match now. I think this match should be a banger. If yeah. given the right amount of time. Yeah. Um, because Adam Cole, if you watch him, I mean, I'm going to say in NXT because we're like 95% people that listen to this will probably have seen him from. But even yeah. before NXT, yeah. he has put on a banger in every single takeover that he was on in NXT, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Yeah, right. So um, if that means anything to you, and Hangman Adam Page looks like he can hang with just about anybody you put him with. Mm-hmm. So if you're putting a guy who puts on five-star plus matches with everyone in NXT, mm-hmm. plus a guy who puts on five-star plus matches with guys who are great workers, yep. this should be a five-plus star match this, in general. This match has the potential to be really good. I am very concerned that they're not going to have enough time, mm-hmm. and I feel like this is going to be a throwaway match a little bit mm-hmm. because as much as I think you could main event, and it probably will main event, I think you, it will main but event. to me, if this match goes 12 minutes, I'm going to be really upset mm-hmm. because, A, you don't need a TBS title match. B, I feel like this rivalry was kind of thrown together a little bit, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's a bit of a throwaway title defense. Also, and I don't know how you're feeling on this, but I think putting him, putting Adam Page with somebody like a Cole or an MJF exposes Adam Page a little bit. Not from an in-ring perspective, but from a character development and promo perspective. Mm -hmm. Because I think when you throw, like, Brian is a great promo, right? But Brian is a heel, right? And you just see the turn, and you're more concerned with the match, right? Now, given some time, like when you face Lance Archer, Lance Archer can't cut a promo worth a damn, yeah. right? So it's it, it balances out a little bit, right? Yeah. Having a guy like Cole, having a guy like MJF being guys that are potentially in line to face him, I think really shows the drastic difference between Adam Page's promo skills mm-hmm. and their promo skills. Like, yeah. I don't think Kenny's the greatest promo in the world, so I don't think it was as, as noticeable. Yeah. But you really noticed it here yeah i was gonna say so like the cole one unless yeah. something crazy like a yeah. happens on wednesday i don't think cole's had that like crazy great promo no, yet no, no no not not in AEW. i'm just talking about just in but general. in general yeah, i would like, agree with you like, generally like, yeah. now now i will say so if page wins this which i do think he will mm-hmm. and he goes up against mgf i think your point is going to be very valid yeah. because i think mgf is going to run he's circles gonna, well he's going to talk the socks off him and you're going to go he's got no way to respond yes and then you're going to go well now he looks like an idiot because well, like punk 
yeah. is almost getting to that point. Like, if this show was three weeks away, mm-hmm. Punk's almost at that point where MJF says stuff mm-hmm. and Punk's like, you're just stupid. Like, yeah, there's right, nothing for right. him to say back yeah. because there's nothing to say. Like, he got you in a box. Like, he said, you, retor- re- you retired here and you gave up on everyone. And he's like, crap. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, I have nothing, like, I'm going to say yeah. to that because I don't want to explain. Like, you but, don't like, understand. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't understand what I was going yeah. Like, no, like, you can't say that. So, but, like, I feel like, like, MGF will run laps around Adam, pa- Adam Page because he'll just be like, and that's, you're yeah. a false champion, blah, right. blah, blah. And you'll be like, I have nothing to and say to like, that. Because like Hangman's promo, and the reason why this is sticking out is the most recent Dynamite, right? Is, you know, they're out there like that, and then um, Hangman comes out right after the tag battle royal, right? Cole's yep. out there already, blah, blah, blah. And Hangman sits down, and he does the whole story time thing like Adam Cole does. And it just did not, yeah, it, did it didn't land. Well. Yeah. It didn't land, right? And like, and I thought Cole's promo the week before, before they kind of got into the dust up, I was like, that is a small fragment of what Adam Cole can do for you. Yes, exactly. I agree with you. So to your point, he has not had that promo where you go, Oh snap. Like there's some NXT promos against like Gargano where I'm like, Oh my God. His ring of honor stuff. And his ring of honor stuff is great too. But, um, yeah, yeah, he hasn't I, had that promo yet yes. that's like, he's going to run laps around you. My, and that but... is kind of my fundamental issue with this feud, though, too, right? And and as much as I think the match has a potential to be really good, as long as, like you said, as they're given the time, it feels like this feud could have been bigger, and they didn't. Ne- and I felt like they didn't need to imp- supplement the... As, as good as that Texas death match, whatever thing happened, right? That was a really good match. It that was, was really, really solid. Yeah. Um I didn't think it was needed because I felt like instead of building to that and then giving me a three-week build to the world title match at Revolution, I would have much preferred you just went straight into Cole after Brian, Mm -hmm. and then we roll because Cole debuted the same night. We've got some symmetry there, right? I just would have preferred them to really dig in a little bit more Mm -hmm. to make it feel like Cole has a chance to win this match because right now it feels like Cole's just another challenger, and for a guy who has a technically lost yet right mm-hmm. I, with the whole you know lights out thing, yeah. um it feels like a missed opportunity where this match should be bigger than it is yeah this, you know I mean? this definitely feels like like a reigns like cesaro type yes. match yeah. where you're like going in it's like cesaro's really good yeah like i think to the casual AEW fan right who's just watching who AEW? doesn't know who Adam Cole does, is you're, you're, you're going, going i don't understand he's he's 10 and 0 but like realistically i doesn't look like he has much of a shot correct and I totally agree with you on that. Where I think every other title match on here, outside of the TBS mm-hmm. one, yeah. um, the other two, I think you could legitimately go, "Oh, well, the Young Bucks or yeah. Red Dragons could argument. win this, yes. or Thunder Rosa." I think has a very strong. I think yes. she will win. Yes. Um, I don't. I think Adam Cole has the least likely chance right. of winning the title. Out as of much the as I love Cole, and I would be over the moon if he won the title. I'd be yeah. losing my mind. I also but think. Not gonna I was gonna say also the work that MGF is doing. I think like there's no way you have a heel guy yeah, against MGF. Sure. And, so and like, maybe they're waiting for MGF. We don't know, right? Yeah. It's all speculation. Now it yeah. makes sense where he's at. The trajectory continues to grow. I yes. get it, right? But it, that to me is my only issue with this. With this whole show, really, is this match. Like the rest of this card, for the most part, is pretty darn stacked. Yeah. I, I think. Like I think. I think every match is gonna be like a banger to a. Filler that's a yeah, good match very good, to yes. um to another banger to another, but I think this one's gonna main event, and if this one doesn't hit, I think you're gonna be like, mm-hmm. I think I think there's the stigma right now, and we talked about it, yeah. where like the main events have not been. I don't think there's been a main event that's been the best match on an AEW show yet, right? 
Right. I don't think that's like a crazy statement. I yeah. would say the only argument one is this past full gear, yeah. Hangman and um, Cole, or not Hangman and Cole, yeah. uh, Kenny versus Hangman. Yeah. But then you also had the six-man tag that was also a banger on that yes. show. So it was like almost equal because they were both five-star given right. or whatever. Right. But every other show, it's like, okay, well, you have like the Steel Cage tag team match. Mm-hmm. By far the best match on this show. Right. You know, our show that we went to was Jericho yeah. Moxley. But then yeah. you had that crazy... Yeah. Tag match between Bucks and Kenny and yeah, Hangman, right. whatever. And, you go, that was and that was clearly the best, the best match. match. Like, yeah. I don't think the main event World Championship match has yet to be the best match on the show. Well, and I'm worried that here it's also not going to be. Yeah. So now we're 12 pay per views in without having the main the World right. Title being and, the best and match. And because you only do four pay per views a year, mm-hmm. right? It, you and here's the thing, right? Is we spend the sixty dollars or whatever to watch this show, right? So to do that and to keep me coming back now, this show, like I, I, we don't want to dismay. This show is stacked, okay? Oh yeah, from, from like I, start to I, I would still pay. Is, yeah. Like I was going to, I'm going to pay yeah. sixty dollars for it because, right. like, not necessarily for the world title, but like the dog collar match, yes, Brian, like uh, stuff around it. But like at it, the end of the day, it's if you, I was gonna say, if you're marketing it on just the world title match, yeah. this show wouldn't now. Double or nothing. If you did Hangman and MJF, yeah, that might be a different story because I right. think you could market that, and that could be the best match on the show. Yeah, but this one particularly, I'm yeah. like, I don't it, think you're marketing it for that. Like a, yeah, it feels like a throwaway title defense for a guy that you paid a lot of money to bring in, and Adam Cole, who was the biggest guy you probably at the time could have brought in that was yeah. available from WWE, and then to then have his first title defense or have his first challenge of the title just kind of be there. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a little bit of a missed opportunity. Like I said, not having at the end of the day, I get it, belts or props, but it's the world championship. Yeah. It, it is the most important thing at all times. I think I think the interesting thing too is I think we were talking about if like yeah. if you knew Japan this style and instead of like going title important, if you just went, Okay, what matches do you want to see in yeah. terms of importance? I think Cole and Hangman would probably be at best third on the show. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd I probably want to see the dog collar match more, and, and even maybe the Brian, women's. I would have Brian and Moxley, and Brian Moxley might even be better than that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're looking at third or fourth even yes. on this list, I would agree with which yeah. with Hangman and Adam Cole, it should be at least right. second. And if also not best. to establish your first real homegrown guy as the guy, mm-hmm. that's also important too, right? That's something we can't forget about. Is that right now you've never had a world champion. That has not been a world champion elsewhere until now, right? Like Hangman Adam Page is your first guy ever to hold the title. That is really an AEW talent. Now, yeah, he had some success in Ring of Honor, but he was never a singles champion in Ring of Honor, even. Mm-hmm. Where Moxie is a former WWE champion. Jericho is one of the greatest of all time. Kenny Omega just came off an IWGP heavyweight title run as an American, or technically Canadian, but Canadian, as a white guy. That doesn't happen often. Yeah. So to have all those things, and then you come to Hangman as the first guy that's really had main event level success only in your company to be your champion, it is extremely important that this goes well. Because if he can't draw it, and now you want to shift to Hangman MJF, right? Those are now two homegrown guys that you're expecting their names alone to sell a Mm pay-per-view, to force people to buy buy a $60 show. And if that is is underwhelming, you're in trouble. Because that means that your homegrown guys aren't getting to the level that you need them to be to supplement this rigorous signing of former WWE guys. Yeah. So just something to keep in mind of. This show is going to be awesome, though. Can't wait. I for do it. think it's going to be great. Be awesome. uh, a lot of story development. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities coming mm-hmm. out of it. All right, let's shift focus here a little bit. 
Uh, also, we're not talking Mania yet, guys. We got like six weeks before Mania, so relax yeah. on that. Um, we just know Pat McAfee's going to be on the show, and we're all Yeah, excited. and we will talk about that next week, too, because I think that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, let's shift focus here a little bit. Let's let's go to the NBA here. We're coming out of All-Star break. Um, let me ask you just real quick. We've got our top 75. That's something that we're going to go over here in a second. But I do want to check in on the standings here, right? We're kind of we're getting to that time, you know, nut-cutting time, as we like to say, right, in, in basketball. Um and Michael, I don't really know what you're gonna do, because Anthony Davis got hurt again, and I almost called you and I went, "Are you okay?" Because I don't know what's gonna happen with your LA Lakers now. They're in ninth. They're 27 and 32 as of this recording. They're yes. only 21 and a half games back from. <laughs> Not even that bad. They only have 21 and a half games left. I know. Um, they're behind. They're in the play-in right yes. now. If there was, if there is that, you know that. Sure. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, let me ask you this. And we're talking about Lakers specifically. I know some people ask, why do you do it? It's LeBron James. He's the best player in the world. We're not, He's also we, my favorite player. There's also so. not a – we don't have a ton of mileage left on him. Let's, let's yeah. be real here. Like, at some point, he's not going to be here. The fact that we can't talk about Tom Brady anymore unless he comes back for the Niners makes me really sad. Mm. It sucks. Um, so we got to appreciate the greatness while we have it. Um a, are the Lakers making the playoffs? And by say make, I say, let me, do they make the plan, I guess? And then B, do they make the playoffs? And C, what's the ceiling, yeah. I guess? Because Anthony Davis is supposed to be out in like, for like four weeks. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, so A, I think they can make the play-in. B, I think making the playoffs is very iffy at this moment. And C, they will not make it out of the first round if they do make the playoffs. <laughs> Phoenix will demolish them. Yeah. If they play Golden State, you think they got a better chance? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think with Anthony Davis there, I think Anthony Davis alone can just maybe play inside. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't want to be inside ever. He nice. he really he wants to play as a point guard really in a center body. It's really what he wants to do. Sure. Um. He's got the ankles of an 80-year-old man. Yeah, he has ankles of an 80-year-old man. So, <laughs> um, Speaking of the top of the East and West, though, right? Like, we're yeah. looking at it. Um, Phoenix, I don't think anybody expected Phoenix to be the number one seed going into the home stretch here. Um, Not really. You know, we talked about them last year when they made that finals run, and we were like, this is probably going to be their best shot at getting it done. And we were completely wrong on that. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> we missed hard on that. Uh, they I, I missed that they had the best nine-man rotation in basketball. Like, I totally clearly. did not yeah, see that. I whipped, too. And and also, let's let's give some credit to Eric Spolster of the Miami Heat, right? I mean, they're 40-21 and 21 in the East right now. Milwaukee's fifth right now, yeah. by the way. Let's just throw that out Yeah, there. Milwaukee's interesting because, like, Milwaukee, I feel like before they won the championship, mm-hmm. only really cared about the regular season. Right, and, being a, like, and now okay. they're like, as long as we get to the playoffs, mm-hmm. I think we have the best shot. Which I also agree. I'm like, as long as you are one of the top six teams, you have a really good shot of going through the East. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting that they're like, philosophy on the regular season change from we have to win 60-plus games to we're going to win – 50 Dude, games. You, do you see some of the this is crazy, right? So the Heat are 25 and 12 in conference, right? Milwaukee's 22 and 18. Phoenix is 29 and 8 against Western Conference opponents yeah. this year. That is in Phoenix is that is crazy. Phoenix is um, incredible. But looking at the top, right? Looking at the top of the East, you got Miami, Chicago, Philadelphia, Cleveland, uh Milwaukee and Boston in the top 6 spots, right? Uh, hanging around, Toronto's at seven, Brooklyn's at eight, Charlotte's at nine, the Atlanta Hawks at ten. Your Detroit Pistons are super duper close. Uh, they're fourteen and forty six. So, <laughs> um, 
So with that being said, right? So you're looking at it. God, they're two and eight in the last ten. The Pistons are. Good lord. Um, you know, looking at the East, right? I expect Brooklyn to at least scratch their way in. Well, right? yeah. So I mean, yeah, Durant needs to come back. I was going to say, let's be fair that they're not playing. They're playing with half Kyrie Irving, yeah. no Ben Simmons, and no KD right now, right. and they just beat the Bucks last night in yeah. Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So take that. As you may, yeah. um, once once KD and Ben Simmons start playing, I'm sure they're going to go on some big. Ben Simmons isn't playing right now. It's kind of insane to me. Ridiculous. Uh, but I think they're going to go on some like eight game in a row tear at one point, and then they'll jump back into the five or six slot mm-hmm. and probably avoid the plan. I'm assuming. And if they do hit the plan, they're just going to go decimate Charlotte or Atlanta or whoever it is. So it doesn't really <laughs> matter at the end of the day. Um, yeah, looking at the East though, right? I mean, Chicago. I know that with with Lonzo being. Uh, hurt a little bit i know demar is still kind of keeping them afloat right but they, they've kind of pushed their chips to the middle of the table yes right um the 76ers kind of waiting to get in hardened back right that's well hard yeah hard, hard, hard playing now, he, he played his first game on yeah. uh friday right looked really good um right Embiid came out and was like man this is how it feels to be open all the time yeah no and kidding. i was like you don't want Embiid saying that because yeah. he puts up 50 mm-hmm. being guarded so right. that's yeah. terrifying you know, cleveland hanging around young core right talk to me about who who are your favorite maybe two or three teams in the east right how do you see this kind of shaking out you know yeah. assuming everybody comes back and we get some sort of semblance of a healthy roster. yeah well so um, i guess i was going to tweet this yesterday yeah i think a perfect eastern conference playoff for me mm-hmm. would be um Whoever, like the first round is, you know, whatever. Yeah, but if you gave me Philly, Brooklyn in the semifinal, and you gave me Bucks, Miami, doesn't really matter because I think the Bucks will win anyway. But then you're basically just playing in this big trade that happens. And now these two teams who made this big trade are basically play playing in yeah. to see who plays the Bucks yeah. would be awesome. Because yeah. that seven game series. Would be the craziest seven-game series. Him coming back to Philadelphia, people would boo, boo him. Oh off the court. But could you imagine if like Ben Simmons like had like a thirty-point day it's and just went, and hit like four threes <laughs> and just decimates Philly? <laughs> yeah. And Philly's like, where what was that? What yeah, is happening? Exactly. Like I think that would be just a crazy series. Oh, um, yeah. Sure. And then I think that's really a toss-up series. I think it could really go either way. And then um, you'd have to play Milwaukee. And I think. At that point, then it's like Philly, Milwaukee, or Brooklyn, Milwaukee. I think those are both great, great matchups. matchups too. So and that's how I hope the East goes because I think that that would be the most compelling mm-hmm. Easter conference that you can get. Talk to me about the West here, right? You got Phoenix, you got Golden State, Memphis, Utah, Dallas at the five, six is Denver, Minnesota, LA are finishing the top eight, and then obviously you got the Lakers and Trailblazers kind of hanging around in that playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even the Pelicans and the Spurs, they're right there, right? The West on the bottom end is really condensed mm-hmm. um, before the drop-off, but talk to me how you kind of see this playing out right now. Some of these teams, I don't think anybody's talking enough about Utah, Memphis. Um, I think Luka's trying their best just to keep them afloat. Yeah. Um, Denver, I feel like he's kind of taking a step backwards. I'm waiting to see maybe what's going on with that. I mean... Yeah, defending MVP up in here, and yet yeah, what's he what's he doing? Um, so so pending Jamal Murray coming back, yeah. I think Denver's very scary. So in the West, I if I was a betting man, yeah, um, I would say Phoenix and Golden State are almost more than likely going to be your Western Conference Finals. Okay. However, I do think um, Utah, Dallas, Denver all have puncher's chances yeah. for big upsets. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely see like if you had. Dallas versus Golden State in the second round. Oh wow! Like, Great. like that's like a matchup where I'm like, you're like that's Warriors would be on their heels a little bit, oh, like yeah, concerned sure. about that. 
Um, even like like Phoenix, Denver, if Jokic and Jamal Murray are there, like it's it's hard to cover uh, Jokic, yeah. and now Jamal Murray is gonna be out there balling out. Like, yeah. so I think there's chances for upsets, but I think more than likely Phoenix and Golden State are just so superior to everyone else in the West right now yeah. that I it's probably gonna be those two, and it'll probably be Phoenix at this second. If I said from the finals last year who goes back i think phoenix probably has a better chance okay. of making the finals than milwaukee only because phoenix really only has to go through golden state yeah. is the only team that really scares me as a phoenix fan where milwaukee's like philly and brooklyn yeah. both scare you and if you get weirdly matched up with both of them at one point yeah. it's gonna be hard to win a seven game series against both of them yeah. like how the playoffs go right now is milwaukee's the five yeah. so philly's the three and brooklyn's um the seven eight, but if they beat win in that matchup, then they would be the seven. Mm-hmm. So that means uh, Brooklyn and Philly would play in the second round. Yeah. But if somehow like Milwaukee drops to the six, and now you have to play Philly, or you have to play Philly in the first round, yeah. maybe Brooklyn in the second round. Like that's a very tough one two, and then maybe right. Miami in the conference final. Like that's a tough yeah. one two track. three track to get to yeah. the finals. Just for the Phoenix or Golden State to be waiting for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just for Phoenix to wait for you. Where Phoenix yeah. is like. All right, we got the Clippers yeah. in the first round. Right, Minnesota. Minnesota or someone. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we can handle that. If not, okay, we got the Lakers to worry about. Yeah. That's probably a win. And then if they're going through Utah or Denver or something, it's like for yeah. them, I'm like, that's not as big of a, a well, worry for I want to ask you a question here before we get to our all 75 teams real fast. You know, I've been, there's been so much talk recently about the Lakers, right? And as soon as Anthony Davis went down, I knew Nick Wright was going to have a small conniption. Yeah, he did have um, a small conniption oh, too. Yeah, he did, I know. And, and so for me – and Chris Broussard actually made a good point, right, where it was like everyone asked, okay, well, if the Lakers don't make the playoffs, what does that do for LeBron, right? Mm-hmm. And Broussard's like, at this point, he's kind of cemented where he's at. I don't think – there's only – if he wins another title, great, but if not, like, it, he's just kind of there. Is that kind of where you're at with it at this point? You know, I, I, the argument's never going to stop. It's just mm-hmm. kind of is what it is between him and Jordan, and that's fine. But, like, I, I want to kind of move past that. But for him as an individual, right, and going through what he's going through – do you think that at this point, outside of a championship, there's really not a whole lot else that he can do, yeah. and, and vice versa? There's not really any dan- – like, if, they, if he never win, never gets to the finals again, does that really do anything all that different if compared to what he's already got done? I yeah. Mean, so, in my, in my mind, after he won the Golden State Finals, yeah. I kind of just cemented him in my head as yeah. the best. Yeah. So, anything after that was yeah. like – adding I, I don't think there's there's not a lot of subtracting like for me like for brady right mm-hmm. when he came back from that 28 to 3 in the super bowl yeah. for me i was like you were the best yeah so losing the philly super bowl i was like does nothing for me yeah i'm like you lost the super bowl right you put up you know 505 500 yards right. and six touchdowns and just lost like lebron in the 2017 28 finals right. led both teams in like all categories and average a triple double like right you're doing what you can you're just not winning you know what i mean so like right. at that point like you're not getting diminished because you're losing yeah. at, anymore. It's like you have three championships. You're a 17-time All-Star. Yeah, right. All these All-NBA. Like, to me, like you're already set as the best. Yeah. So now winning that bubble title only just like, okay, now you have four. Yeah, right. you know, but like, there's, it's, it doesn't add anything. I already think he's the best. So. Yeah, yeah it's just an interesting. You know, the thing is, if he would have lost that 2016 final, then it's like now I think this all is more important. Yeah. But winning that one, I was like, you're yeah. – you're not I think, gonna do it I anymore. Think at this point, it's getting into the situation where it's like, you know, it's 
I know he wants to play with his son and everything like that, but like at this point, I'm like, what else do you have left to prove? There's not. I think the yeah. only thing left that he can do is break the scoring record. Yeah, and that's fine. But you know, like Jordan doesn't have the scoring record. I and that I, know, I agree with that. I'm just saying. That's like, the thing for me where I look at it. You know, Nick Wright goes. He's like, he's gonna have every category and all these things. And I go, but sometimes greatness is above that. Brady yeah. doesn't have. Brady's had all these records because he played longer than everybody else. Yeah. But someone's gonna break those records, right? Yeah. It just is what it is. So. I, greatness when it comes to who is the greatest of all time, in my mind, is never going to come straight up just to stats. There's, there's yeah, others in There's other intangibles. There's moments, right, and that kind of thing. So whether you're in the team camp of Jordan or LeBron or like that, I think at this point it's like, I think we need to start moving off of the, oh my gosh, well, LeBron's failing. And we just need to get to the point where, like, we should just more appreciate the fact that in, in our lifetimes, right, we mm. got to witness Tiger Woods. We got mm-hmm. to witness Brady. We've got to witness LeBron, right? We got to witness, you know, like major stars in each individual sport, right? Mm-hmm. Where people that they transcended the game mm-hmm. in so many ways, right? Like when you talk about Tom Brady, it's like, okay, you got Tom Brady in Montana, and then there's a massive drop off, right? When you talk about basketball, you talk about Jordan, you talk about LeBron, and there's a massive drop-off. Mm-hmm. You talk about golf, it's Mickles, or it's it's Nicholas, and it's Tiger, and then there's a drop-off. Like, the fact that we get to see some of these guys do their thing, yeah. at, you know what I mean? Especially at the ages that they've done them, mm-hmm. insane to me. Yeah. And I think we need to start think, reflecting I... and appreciating the fact that what they're doing and going, you know what? Yeah. What a hell of a and I think I think the crazy thing is for, like, Brady... Yeah. I think people were like, man, Brady's just killing it. Like, yeah. And they are like, respecting it now. Yeah. I think LeBron's is going to be like, once he's gone, yeah. you're going to be like, man, remember like... Well, it's, it's the same fact. Brady and LeBron are, are very similar in the sense of that you could never count their team out. Even now, yeah. I can't for sure be like, oh, they're just dead. I yeah. know everybody wants to just put a fork in them. And that may be so. But the reality is it's like, but as long as you have that guy, yeah, there's just something about him that just makes it work, right? Mm-hmm. And so when it doesn't happen... It's such a huge story because you're like, what? Like, mm-hmm. how did we? How do we get here? But in reality, it's like, yeah, dude, he's 38. Like, yeah. there's he's there's things about here, you yeah. know. So, I just I think people should at least take a moment, whether you're a LeBron fan or not. At the end of the day, he did something that almost nobody else has ever done. So I think we should yeah. take a moment, if nothing else, of reflection to go. It's pretty darn cool. We got to see that. Yeah. Everyone talked like we didn't get to see Jordan in his prime. Right? Yeah. We never got to see that. You know, we got Tiger at the tail end. Yeah. You know, Brady, we got to see pretty, pretty much, much relatively yeah. of it. So, so to understand that and appreciate that, yeah. I think people need to start looking at that and going, you're not going to see this again. Yeah. And I, think, I, and I think something like the 2018 uh, run to the finals that LeBron yeah. had with the Cavs when, like, Kyrie wasn't there and all that stuff. Yeah. And I was like, that's just something that, like, when he retires, people yeah. are just going to go back and be like, remember when he took, like, Nobody, nobody yeah. there. Right. Like he was just riding with like yeah, J.R. Smith yeah, and those guys, and yeah. he just like was bat shit for sure. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's talk about our top seventy-five though. Right, we got everyone got together um, over the weekend and everything like that. It was a really cool sight to see all the players, you know, kind of reminiscing. It looked like a great time had by pretty much everybody. Yeah, which was pretty cool to see. Who do you got? Um, let's just go position by position here. So okay. let's go. Let's go point guard first because I think I got a shocker for my point guard. Oh, do you actually have a shocker for your point guard? I think no one's going to be all – I don't think anyone's going to be necessarily, oh, my gosh. But, like, he's not a bad player. Yeah. But, like, I don't think anybody – like, who do you have? Okay, so I'm going to preface this yeah. by saying – so I my my all-time top 75 list thing yeah. we did here 
is I'm putting together the best five-man team I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if I just said, all right, here's my top five, mm-hmm. it's slightly different. Yeah. So my best point guard, my P personally, I think the best point guard ever is Magic Johnson. Yes. But he does not fit my team currently, right. like right. because I have other players that I think right. do the role that he does. So my point guard I would have is Steph Curry okay. in my All Seventy Five team because okay. I think he adds a big shooting element that you would need if you yeah. had this team. Because like Magic Johnson doesn't shoot very well. Right. I have a guy who passes really well. Right. So yeah. I have I have Curry I for that guy. Uh, <laughs> I have I have a sh- I have shooting here. So yeah. that's that's Curry. I think he's the best shooter of all time. Okay, I've got Isaiah Thomas as okay. my one. Because I think the defensive side of it, I went very defensive heavy on my team for the most part. Yeah. Um, and I went with a, a style of basketball where it's like, we're going to lock you down. You can't win, you can't score type deal. Yeah. Um, so I went Isaiah Thomas. I think he's one of the best point guards ever. I think he's very underrated in mm-hmm. history. He's the only person to beat Magic, Bird, and Jordan. Mm-hmm. He's, the only, he's the only, that team is the only team to do it. Mm-hmm. So to do that and to end basic, uh, to end and then prolong three dynasties individually, right? You ended the Celtics stuff, you ended the Lakers, and then you prolonged Jordan before he finally just took over the world. I think it's huge and is so understated. Um, he's got the moments. He's got numbers. He can shoot. He can do everything. I got Isaiah. Plus, he's a Piston, so got to love him. Yep. All right, who do you got, who do you got a shooting guard? Uh, Jordan. Yeah, I don't absolutely. think there's yeah. any Same. debate yep. there. Um, it's Jordan. Yep. For sure. Small forward, I have LeBron. I do too. Um, he is he's the reason I don't have Magic on here is because yeah. I think he would bring the ball up, facilitate everything, and he would get the ball to Jordan and Curry to. And notice do some what magic. Mike just said, right? That is the real comp. You know, it, it's always easy to go Jordan versus LeBron, but it, it, they're two different things. They're not. They yeah. don't even play the same position. It's it's Jordan and Magic. Or I'm sorry, LeBron and Magic, similar heights. Can play yeah. everywhere. It's like, more like you should. Co- it's more like you should pair Kobe and Michael yeah, than you should. Because Kobe is a. Yeah. It is. But anyway, uh, who do you have four? These are the last two I had a little more trouble with. Okay, so my four, I have Tim Duncan. I do too. Yeah. That is crazy. Um, I can. I was totally not expecting you to pick. Yeah. Him. So that I think he's Mister Fundamental. Oh my god. And I think he would be if LeBron was struggling getting the offense going at points. I think he could be the guy to be like, all right, this is the play we're gonna run. This is like everything we need. He's a he great is. defender. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's very underrated. I mean, I know I don't love the term he's a winner because I think that just means that you're unathletic, but I think that applies more to NFL than anything. But I, he is. He is yes, the, he's, he's the a ultimate winner. winner. He is the ultimate leader. He's the most humble, down-to-earth dude. I love Tim Duncan. Yeah. I know he played for the Spurs. And, I'm pissed his fans don't like him, but like Tim Duncan – and awesome. to me, like he, like you said, so like the unselfishness, yeah. like he would be like Curry, right? Have a hundred points, like do whatever you guys leader. want. Yes. Let me just, I'm gonna play great defense. I'm gonna be on this team. Like you need that yeah. one guy who doesn't have that big ego, yeah. And he's the one guy who would yeah. let you do your yeah, own my thing. Starting five wouldn't work because Isaiah and Jordan don't like each other. But like, yes, like, but, but like full on, like if you're looking at it, like Tim objective. Duncan, it would be that guy where. He didn't say anything, but he casually just puts up twenty and ten every night, and you go, and you'd be like, okay. you can't do it without him, yes. like that sort of thing. Yeah, it's crazy to me that you had Tim Duncan today. I cannot believe that you had him at the point. Oh, we yeah. have five. Uh, Shaq. Really? Okay, I yeah. got Kareem, but okay. I, I, I Shaq, Shaq only because I think he is like so dominant in his prime inside yes. that like like Kareem has like the hook shot, and he's huge and whatever. Yeah. But like Shaq, I'm like no one stops Shaq. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. Shaq's a beast. Yeah, Shaq's I, a beast. I, I agree him just because I think once again he's a leader. Right. He's another. I think guy, you could. Yeah. But, like yeah. I said, you could argue. Like, I think Kareem, a lot, Kareem's probably the third or fourth best player ever. Yeah. But like Shaq to me on the team. Yeah. I think would be super dominant with like guys like LeBron and stuff. Like. Yeah. It'd be yeah, very I had a couple of guys that I thought maybe putting in that forward or center spot, right? Like, there's guys like, you know, uh, Elijah Wan you could put in there yeah. and stuff like that. David Robinson even. But, like, um, yeah, Kareem to me is just one of those guys where I'm like, okay, unstoppable shot, great defender, just everything. Like, once again, right, you got guy. everybody that I chose, I'm like, they're the leader of their team, mm-hmm. right? And being able to understand that they put winning usually above all else. Yeah. Those are the kind of guys that I like having on my basketball team. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's I cannot believe you chose Tim Duncan. I was like, oh, I'm gonna pick Duncan. He's gonna be like, oh, that's a good one. And no, that's that's crazy to me that you had Duncan on there. I respect it though. Yeah. Um, all right, let's shift focus here a little bit. Uh, let us know your top five or your starting seven, top seventy five goal. Look up the list. If anybody has uh, Damian Lillard in that list, Mike is gonna punch you. So, um, <laughs> or Russell Westbrook, by the way, gross. Yeah. Um, uh, let's Sorry. talk some NFL action here to close this show, right? We got a lot of movement or potential movement going on, especially with the quarterback position. Um, there's new rumors now. Daniel Jones's fifth year option is not going to be picked up. Kirk Cousins apparently had a big influence on Minnesota's hire. We don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do because he's a prima donna butthole. Um, we've got you know the rise of Matthew Stafford and the Josh Allen's of the world, right? Joe Burrow taking that next step. You still got guys like Herbert who may have been punished by coaching decisions. You got Derek Carr who's very under the radar, is very sneaky good. You got Kyler who blew up. There's a lot of moving pieces right in the in the quarterback position right now. So what you know, me and Mike have decided is we want to give you guys a list, our list individually of our top ten guys. You know, at the end of this season, right? Everything was standing, all the chips on the table. You got a full picture. Um, let's start yep. at ten, Mike. I'll let you go first because ten was definitely in my heart. I think one of the harder okay. ones for me. Um, so I, yeah. So I have one honorable mention, I okay. guess. Is so I couldn't find out if I wanted to put Deshaun Watson on this list. No, I I just ruled him out completely. Okay, you yeah. ruled him out because yeah. I was like, I think I would probably have him at like nine I would, or ten skill wise, yes. but I don't know if he'll. Play. I don't know if he's gonna play again. Quite so, yeah. so I didn't put him on this I, I list, but he was—he is like I have like a twelve guys here written. Mm-hmm. He's like eleven or twelve because I wasn't sure. There's a couple guys right in this area, basically from like nine, ten, eleven, twelve that are all kind of bunched to me. Yeah. Um, for a lot of reasons. But go ahead. So number ten, I have Dak Prescott. I do too, man. We are just insane. Look oh at that. Well, it took 170 episodes. We're getting there. Yeah, Dak Prescott. I think okay. he's. The tenth best quarterback in football. Well, you know, here's I think the thing. He, I think he's I think he's really good, but he's like limited to an extent. Mm-hmm. And I think he's he starts games awful, and he's he he stack pads at the end. But I think he's good. Like if I was like the Lions, and you were like, oh, yeah. do you want Dak oh, Prescott? Yeah. Yes, I would take. Him. I would take absolutely. him absolutely. You better, yes, for sure. and but I, you know. I wouldn't love. I would much rather take a whole bunch of other between people. Between him, Kyler Murray, and Ryan Tannehill. Those were the three guys that I had. Well, I didn't have Ryan Taylor even on here. No, I don't either. I know I'm talking no, about No, like, I, he was even in my honorable, like... Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't even the, write his well, name down. because that's what I'm saying. I, was like, I, I think they're all kind of similar. They all have pros and cons. Yeah, right? I have, like, I have like, Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins Yeah, here. Yeah, I didn't. I ruled them out hard. Uh, Matt Ryan's done at this point, and yeah. Kirk Cousins. He's, he's fine, but he's... He's, he's not a winner. No, I just don't. I, yeah. Not all that. Specific. But anyway, like, Kyler Murray, right, came out super fast, blah, blah, blah. Just completely evaporated in the second half of the year. So I'm interested to see how that development happens. Yes, um, that's why he's on my list. Let me, I want to I'll wait, actually, for this question. Uh, all right, who do you got at nine? Right, I have Derek Carr at I nine. I oh I think our lists goodness. are going to be almost identical. Huh? I think our lists are almost identical. It's going to get close, I think. I think, I think we got a couple spots, maybe, but I love that. Yeah, I yeah, think Derek, Derek Carr sneakily 
Everyone likes to talk about, well, Kirk Cousins is under the radar. Derek Carr, Derek Carr is, is so underrated. underrated by far. I would kill for Derek Carr to be the quarterback for the Lions right now. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely kill for it. Yep. He, if they, that's a team that if if you gave him just a little bit more help, give him legit receivers, not this Hunter Renfro garbage. I know, yeah. great story, whatever. But, like, Darren Waller, a true number one, and then Renfro and Zay Jones, that's fine. But, like, give him a DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. look out. Yeah. Totally different. Totally different game. Yep. Uh, number eight, Lamar Jackson. Because <laughs> oh he runs fast. <laughs> Um, oh I actually, so I originally had... We did these separately, by the way. I'm just going to put that out here. Yeah. We did this separately. We're both looking at our phones individually right now. Crazy yeah. to me. Um, so I was going to put the guy I have at seven okay. below him. Okay. But then the guy at seven throws the ball better okay. and is also athletic. Yeah. And so I was like, uh, Lamar doesn't throw the ball as well. He was hurt this year. Yeah, I think and I think the hurt, like, the hurt thing scares me because of his running ability. If that goes away even slightly, mm-hmm. I don't know how great he right. is at quarterbacking. I think he took a step back this year. I yeah. really do. I, you know, with the injuries and everything else like that, I think he definitely regressed a little bit. We did not. We were expecting a lot. I think we had him both in our top five last year. Um, and he definitely – he doesn't look like the MVP, right? I think Baltimore as a whole, man, if Baltimore can just get healthy for a year, I'd like to see what that team could actually produce. Mm-hmm. They lost a couple really close games, right, like on the two-point conversion tries and stuff. I know they lost to the Rams in a comeback fashion and that stuff. So they're they're a team that you definitely think are like, man, they're right there. They just need people to not break themselves all the yes. time. All right, so seven's now? Herbert. Um, I do too. Oh, my God. If, if, if Lamar didn't get hurt and had a really good year, I'd probably yeah. put Lamar above Herbert. Yeah. But Herbert throws the ball so well. Yeah. He's so like mobile. Um, he has about as good of a team as Baltimore probably. Yeah. And I yeah. think he, I think he does more for the team yeah. than Lamar does. He's a better pure passer. He can stick in the pocket. He can stick in there. Yeah, he right? does. He does that kind of stuff. So I think Herbert's slightly better. Yeah. Um, if he keeps going up, he will yeah. definitely be better. But right now, a lot I think of he's like slightly in the top five. They yeah. do. Like I mean, he had a great year. I think we'd be talking a lot more about Justin Herbert. Yeah. I think. Um, see, here's the thing: if, if Herbert beat the Raiders and yeah. had like a decent run, mm-hmm. I could maybe, I, think I could maybe lost, throw even him. Even if they lost in there. Cincinnati, I think people would be like, okay, well, he got in the playoffs. Brandon Staley is trying to lose games for you. Yeah. Um, but you could see it. You could see it. it yeah. yeah. For sure. But like because he didn't yeah. make it there, yep. I can't put him above any we of these didn't playoff see guys. The sophomore slump that some people were predicting. We yeah. Kind of both were kind of instinct. We're like, he's probably going to take a step forward, not back. Um, and he did that. So I'm, yep. I'm fully on board. Here. All right. So this is I know for a fact this okay. is where we are going to differ. Okay. Six. I have Stafford. Okay. No, I don't have Stafford. Here. I have Burrow at six. Okay. So okay. So here's I I almost know exactly where. So you have. Because I have Stafford 6, Burrow 5, Wilson 4. No. And you have Burrow 6, Russell 5, Stafford 4. Yes. Okay. Yep. I, could, I, yep. I knew exactly that's how it was going to go. <laughs> so we have the same three guys yeah, in yeah. those in those three spots. Yeah. Um, to me, so Russell, I think, is 4 just because of the stuff that he does with very little. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the consistency he does it at. Mm-hmm. So, like, outside of this year, this is, like, his one bad yeah. year ever. Yeah. Actually, it's kind of crazy to think yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. But like, he yeah. he is so good and so consistent, generally in in year and in uh, in year out. So I put him there. The reason I put Burrow above Stafford mm-hmm. is because I think they're both almost on par with each other, mm-hmm. and I think Burrow did more with less. Okay. So I put I put okay. Burrow slightly above. Like Burrow's offensive line. Oh yeah. 
is so doggy doo doo. Yeah. The stuff that he was able to pull out with that off that offensive oh, yeah. line That's is the cool. only reason I put Burrow there. I think I think Stafford just had more help. I think I think here's where I am not ready to crown Burrow king of the world just yet. Um, is because it's a couple things for me. Number one, right? Jamar Chase being drafted helps him quite a bit, right? Yes. And I have a point I want to ask you about that, and I think it ties it ties back to my Kyler Murray stuff. Um. Two, right, I think that um, if they lose to the Raiders, if Derek Carr just doesn't spike that ball and they have an extra down and say they win that game, mm-hmm. right, are we putting Burrow in that same light as if they got knocked out in the first round? Even though they won the division, they weren't supposed to, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this team is still the same team who lost – Eight games. I think I think the Chiefs one is the one that puts yes. it over. So that's and, what I mean. And, is yeah. If, if, I, yeah. if he didn't beat the Chiefs, he'd be where Herbert is. It's right, like right. okay, you make, you make the playoffs, and lose think, first round, and yeah, it's whatever. And I think my point is with this a little bit is I don't want to. I I feel like at times we do this with the quarterback position where we stick so much on the quarterback, right? And mm-hmm. then we give them too much praise when they win, and we give them too much uh, criticism when they lose. Like I still go back to the fact that like. They still had to hold the Chiefs to three points in that second half, mm-hmm. right? And and Burrow ha- and Burrow led them and they scored, which is yes. uh, which is on him. But he needed that. If they lose that game, forty five twenty eight, nobody is talking about Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. right? If the defense just continues to go, but yeah. no one's going to blame Burrow because no. they go, well, I mean, it's Mahomes. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, but that's the part for me where I I am ready to see him, and I I think he's going to continue to get better. I am a little bit, and now let me ask you this. I personally am just a little bit worried, and I think he's better than Kyler already, so I'm going to put yes. that out there now. Okay, But do you think having a star wide receiver is going to hurt his development as a quarterback? Because I think we have... I think there's an argument to be made. Like I think Stafford early in his career was reliant upon Kelvin, and then we saw Stafford get better, and then Kelvin retired, and then he skyrocketed, mm-hmm. right? Um, Kyler is clearly hampered mm-hmm. by missing. Now, I'm not saying that, well, of course you're hampered by missing DeAndre Hopkins, but you're not working with nothing. The cupboard is not bare in Arizona. Rondell Moore, yeah. Christian Kirk, uh, Andy, is, you have speed everywhere, right? Yeah. And they couldn't get it done. Do you think that his progression is going to be hampered a little bit? Because in his word, well, Jamar's down there somewhere. You know what I mean? No, see, I, I think of it slightly different because he yeah. he wasn't there. Jamar wasn't there if it was flipped yeah. and Jamar was there first, yeah. Joe Burrow gets there and he had him forever, yeah. I think it would be different. But Burrow's played nine games his first year without Jamar Chase. Yeah. And this year he also has two very good complimentary receivers oh, that yeah, he yeah. throws to a lot. Yeah. Like he threw in that Chase game, yeah. he threw like in the first three quarters, I think it was like two passes for like six yards to Jamar Chase. No, I know because I, yeah. I gambled it and it sucked. <laughs> But he re- he doesn't just rely on Jamar Chase. Now there right. are some plays yeah. the Chiefs the first time yeah. where he was like Jamar's just down there. I'm going to throw it to him. Mm-hmm. That like that yeah. is what it is. But I do think um, I do think he is able to actually go through progressions and go through reads. It's yeah. actually almost a detriment in the Super Bowl in that last play if he would have just had the mindset of just throwing it up to Jamar Chase. Yeah. He Jamar Chase is wide open because Jalen Ramsey's on the ground somewhere. Yeah, he fell out. So. Yeah. Um, it, almost in that sense, it would have been better if he would just like, please, Jamar Chase, make a play instead <laughs> of going through a progression because the progression was wrong. Right. Um, but no, I, I do think I don't think it's gonna hurt Joe Burrow in the okay. slightest. Okay. Because I do think it's hurt Kyler Murray. Quite I right. do think it's hurt Kyler. I th- but I that's the thing though is Kyler Murray didn't have a guy, or um, Kyler Murray had a really good team. You're just putting him in there. But also, if you lose Jamar Chase, right, I think it's gonna hinder you a no, lot. No, because no, I, I, I know. But I guess my point is, I think you can tell. That like I I still go back to this 49ers game two years ago where 
it was clear there was one option for Kyler. It was mm. throw it to DeAndre Hopkins. There was nobody else. It's, yeah. It felt very much Rodgers to Devontae Adams in, that, in the playoff yeah. game, right? Where you're like, he's looking nowhere yeah. else, and he's going to throw into double coverage. I will say this, though. I will be worried if in two years Cincinnati lets go of T. Higgins. Yeah. Then I'll go, okay, maybe you do. Yeah. Because if you don't find that second or third option for him, then Jamar sure. Chase will become very reliant. Because, like, yeah. the Packers, it's like you have Devontae Adams and you have Lazard. Lazard. Yeah, right. And, like, your uh, your second and third option are not, like— yeah, It's a massive drop. Yeah, like, if they—like, if Rodgers had Odell yeah. instead of the Rams or whatever, it's like Devontae would not be always the number one because yeah. you would be able to trust Odell. I don't think you trust the other guys. Yeah. Jamar just—or uh, Joe Burrow needs Even other guys. Them, apparently. Yeah. Joe Burrow needs to, like, have guys he can trust. And he can I'm trust interested Diego to see stuff. The, the optics around Joe Burrow the next couple of years. Because, like, if they don't make the playoffs next year— I wonder what that does, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, you know, they made it the Super Bowl, you know, got rid of the 31-year curse, all that stuff, right? I'm very interested to see. Like, yeah. we have Russ up in our top fives, right, regardless, because we we look at him and we go, look at him. Yeah. In a like, side, yeah, and like so look at I, him and look what he's doing. Yeah, I look at the player and I look at the team they're on. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. If Stafford in 2014 went on a run and went to the MC Championship game, yeah. I would easily be like, yeah, he's top five. Yeah. Because look what he does with very little on right. his team. Like, I think you have to look at the team – yeah. When you're like, I'm very close. We are, yeah. we are, you can't see it, <laughs> but my fingers are very close together yeah. right now of putting someone above who I think is the best quarterback in football. Cause yeah. I think they do stuff with less talent offensively yeah. to a, to an extent. Yeah. Um, what Russell Wilson does with no offensive line yeah. and a very bad defense, mm-hmm. like can't be understated. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So, um, so yeah, the reason why I have Stafford at four, um, yeah, I got Ross at five. I think he's Mr. Consistency for the most part. He yeah. was banged up this year. Still had 25 touchdowns, six picks. Great, great number. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, so a good year a, yeah, for missing year. four games. It, yeah. just, it just didn't click. I think Seattle needs to tear it down. I think he needs to go. I think he needs to go somewhere else. That's yeah. just me personally. Um, I, I've already spoke my point on Burrow. But for Stafford, here's why I think Stafford has ascended. I get it. He led the league in interceptions with 17. Burrow had 14 picks. So yeah, like, it doesn't let's, not, let's not overstate this a little bit here. And I'm guessing if we watch the tape, there's probably about six arm punts in there. He did one in the Super Bowl, third and 17. He went, well, just go downfield. You yeah. know what I mean? It happens. But all that withstanding, he's one of two quarterbacks ever to throw for 40 touchdowns in a season, or one of five quarterbacks ever to throw 40-plus touchdowns in multiple seasons. He's one. He's the second youngest player to ever throw 5,000 yards. And the ascension of Cooper Cup is directly correlated to Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. Uh, directly correlated. And I – and. The media has been talking about, oh, well, if he, he, oh, yeah, Cooper Cup, that's why. Cooper Cup had 950 receiving yards last year. Mm-hmm. He had 1,900 this year, okay? That can't be understated, right? And it's like, okay, yeah, he threw six passes out of that seven in the Super Bowl right to Cup. Who else was he going to throw to? Ben Skoranek? Every time he throws to him, it gets picked. Yeah. So, like, I, you know, for me, I think Stafford – did everything in one season that everybody said he couldn't do, and he got it done, right? Won the Super Bowl on a quote-unquote super team. Did it. He brought Cooper Cup to a level where people are now talking about him being a top three to five wide receiver in the NFL, right? Had the greatest receiving season ever. Um, Revitalized Odell Beckham Jr. by far. Odell was a corpse in Cleveland. Immediately comes in here. Would have been a Super Bowl MVP if he doesn't get hurt. Puts together a team, puts together back-to-back-to-back game-winning drive. This whole playoff sequence, to me, is what I think was prime Matt Stafford, right? Where we saw Matt Stafford at his best, and you went, that's 
Mm-hmm. That's what we that's what we know. That is him, right? Yeah, a couple bad throws, missed one in the back of the end zone. Yeah, he had the he had a bad pick, um, you know, against San Francisco that should have been a pick. Whatever, I get it. But all the negatives and all the positives, and I go and I say, at the end of the day, he was the best quarterback in the NFL in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. He was the best quarterback when it came to I need a throw right now. I need you to make this play. The game is in your hands. As of this writing right now, he is the he is the most clutch quarterback there is in the NFL right now. For statistically, the results show it, and that's why I have I don't have him above Rodgers because Rodgers is a freak. I don't have him above Josh Allen because I think Josh Allen, as you mentioned before, is probably right up there and about to overtake is probably the best quarterback in football. And Mahomes, until someone tells me otherwise, is the best quarterback in football. So mm-hmm. I don't I'm not being delusional here and saying he's the best quarterback in football. He has his flaws, but when I look at him and I say when you look at everything else, you look at the stats, you look at the fact that they won, then the fact that he beat back-to-back-to-back good teams, wins the Super Bowl, does everything that you expected him not to do, and he did it all, mm-hmm. I think warrants a top-five consideration, in my opinion. That's where I've got him at. Mm-hmm. As much as the sometimes a random interception where I go, where the hell are you throwing happens, because yeah. that drives me up. Okay, so you've got Rodgers at three? Yeah, I have the same top okay, three. Okay, Rodgers, Allen, and Mahomes. Okay. Yeah, Allen, Allen is an overtime coin flip away from probably being the best quarterback in football. Okay. Do you think that's where he's at right now? Yeah. I think he took a massive step yeah. forward this year. I think, I think that, a, I think, I mean, you outplayed Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. in, in let, Kansas let me, City. I, I think, and here's, yeah, so here's the problem I have with Mahomes too. Mm-hmm. And it's not a problem I have with him <laughs> necessarily, yeah, yeah. but I want to see Mahomes play one playoff game that's yeah. not a Super Bowl yeah. on the road before I can say he's the greatest quarterback ever. Yeah. Just one. Was it actually, doesn't it, doesn't it hurt his confidence or hurt his Resume more the fact that he's played in three home AFC title games and he's only one or he's played in four, right? Yeah, it's four. He's played four. four AFC, he played four straight and he's two and two and they've yeah. all been at home. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and he really shouldn't have a Super Bowl if we're honestly yeah. talking about it. But yes. that's but I'm not going to take that away from you. No, it no, you got it done. But let me ask you about that though because I do think you're right. But do you think that it's Josh Allen took a massive step, which I agree that he has, or do you think that Mahomes? took a little bit of a step back. I think it's both. Because I think that this is the first year where we saw Patrick Mahomes really have to deal with um, not people being wide-ass open. Mm -hmm. And then also, I think the Cincinnati game, more than anything, more even than the Tampa game, is a microcosm of their problems in the future. Is he holds the ball forever mm-hmm. they he does not know how to check down mm-hmm. he does not know he was scrambling for his life when there was no pressure he's doing flips and running around backwards and this and that and i go just stand in the pocket what what yeah. is the what is the sense of urgency here um he feels very much like and this is this is a bit of an overreaction but stay with me here for a second i watched that afc title game and i went i saw jared goff in the first half against the packers Everything's going great. Everything looks perfect. Throws a great dime to Hawks in the back end. I'm like, man, Jared Goff looks like a top 10 QB right now. And then the second half happened, mm-hmm. and he fell off a freaking cliff. That's what I saw in Patrick Mahomes. First half, perfect. Everything's easy. Tyreek's wide-ass open. Kelsey runs for a gajillion yards, blah, blah, blah. Second half, they clamped down a little bit. They made a couple of adjustments, and he had no answers. Mm-hmm. None. Didn't do anything. He didn't check down. He didn't look for a second option. Didn't do anything. And I think that is going to be something that needs to be monitored very closely because it happened in the regular season. They just bounced back in time. Yeah. And I don't think anybody wants to talk about it. No, no, it's not any people want to talk about. And I yeah. think that they are um, 
team wise, I don't think they're built very well anymore. No, they're probably gonna lose Tyron Matthew too. They're probably gonna lose Tyron Matthew, who's your best defender by far, second best. Oh defender. yeah, I Chris, Chris Jones. Chris Jones yeah, is good, really good, good too. Yep. But he's your best secondary player. You have no other secondary players that are worth anything really. No. Um, but I I don't know, man. It's just that Mahomes thing is just insane. I how yeah. he's so inconsistent. It's it's just frustrating because yeah. he does like. They have checkdowns. Like, Sean McVay is just like, we don't like having checkdowns ever, um, which I don't understand. But, like, Andy Reid always throws two or three checkdowns. He's like, no, no, Tyreek Hill will eventually get open, right? Yeah. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. Right? Like, no, he doesn't I mean, his numbers are fine, right? He's, you know, 67% completion percentage, 4,800 yards, 37 touchdowns, 13 picks, right? Like, they're, they're, it's, it's a great year. Yeah, it's a very good yeah, year. Very good year. Right? Um, but at the same time, right, you saw games where, oh, he was – through zero touchdowns and one pick. I think, and, zero, and then you see a game where you throw five touchdowns. I think, I think, I think uh, a thing that is going to hurt Mahomes not soon too mm-hmm. is I think when they're playing good teams, he's completely different. Like he's, yeah. they're the epitome of the team that they're like the Golden State Warriors when they were really, really good. Where like on the bad teams, yeah. they're like. 50 point leads like mm-hmm. like making fun of you yeah. like Draymond Green is coaching the team at points or whatever yeah. when they're up 45 against the Kings mm-hmm. but then when you're going up against like the Cavs and you're like struggling a little bit mm-hmm. like and not everything's going perfect and you're not hitting all your shots mm-hmm. it's kind of like what do we do what are you going to do now cuz you it feel like you're very one dimensional and when you get out of that dimension, you're like, I don't know what to do anymore. And that's yeah. kind of what, like Josh, like the Bills to me, even though they don't have the best run game, I feel like okay, Allen's not hitting it right now, like in the first quarter of the yeah. divisional round. He, okay, but Allen can run. Yeah. So Allen runs you over, gets a couple first downs. Maybe you get the run game going a little bit, which then opens up the pass game, mm-hmm. right? Mahomes, it's like if you're not getting a run game and he's not running, and the pass game's off, like you're just like he's like I don't know what to do anymore. And that's what the Bengals were able to do. He only threw 26 touchdown passes in 2019. Was that his first year? Second, no, second, second, second year. year? Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. I thought he threw more than that. Mm-hmm. He threw 50 in his second year. Yeah, his, MV, year his, his MVP year yeah. was great. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's weird. He only threw 20. Was he hurt? I don't think he was hurt, was he? He missed uh, oh, yeah, Matt two or three games. That year, right? that, okay, that makes a little more sense. Because he, he got hurt during the Colts game. Then yeah. he missed the Packers game because I remember uh, their uh-huh. backup play because it was going to be Aaron Rodgers versus Mahomes. Yeah, right. they, they, they've they never – they've played like three times, yeah. and they've never both been healthy when they play. It's yeah. it's crazy to me. I just I, I just want to see that game once. Yeah. And they just like – one of well, them – Let me ask you this. Let's talk time. about Rodgers here real quick, and then we'll get to our mock draft to end the show. Um, Rodgers, right? Are uh, The numbers, I get it. 36-4, I understand. I don't think he should have been MVP this year. I thought it should have been Brady. Um, that's just yeah. my personal opinion. That's a toss-up um, to me. Yeah, I, I either don't, one's good. Yeah, I just thought that Brady at the at the age he did it at and everything else like that. I just thought it was. I thought he was better. Um, but I get it, right? Thirty-seven and four, yada yada yada. Um, do you think though that we are starting to see a little bit of a regression in him? Because now maybe it's just because he's only got Devontae, but like I feel like in big moments, last couple years. We've seen a very different Aaron Rodgers than we have in the regular season. I don't know if it's just him saying, I'm going to put up all the numbers because it's super easy because I play Detroit once a month, or if it's I, he just they're just playing better than him that day. I don't know, but he is a totally different animal mm-hmm. in the playoffs than it is in the regular season. And I think, that start, I think that needs to start coming into the factor a little bit. In the regular yeah. season, sure, I'll take Rodgers all day long. Yeah. But in the playoffs, I don't know – I mean, looking at this list, right? I mean, are you going to take Rodgers over Mahomes? 
Are you going to take Rodgers over Allen? I wouldn't have taken Rodgers over Stafford in this playoff run. I mean, if you're looking at it statistically. Yeah, I mean, probably not. I mean, like, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, I think it's close. Yeah, but I mean, in when it came to big moments, like, I, let me put it this way. I don't think Rodgers makes that throw against Tampa down the field. I know cups yeah. open. I get that. But Stafford gets obliterated mm-hmm. in thir- 12 seconds left. I, uh, I also don't think that he beat – I don't think he beat San Fran because he didn't. I, I, I don't know if he beat San Fran. The hard part about the, the throw yeah. is I'm like, it, does he blow the 27-3 to 3 before that, though? Well, that's not on him, though, either. But, like, do, yeah. do they keep yeah. scoring? You know what yeah. I mean? Because Rodgers is good at piling on. Oh, yeah. Like, once they're up 20, yeah. like, he's like, I'll put on 27-34. Like, he, they never stop. But at the same time, he also – he. You know, Brady was on the other end of that field too, right? Like, yeah. is he going to outplay Brady? We have not seen him do that, right? Yeah. So, like, to me, I think it needs to start coming into question a little bit. I'm not trying to say Stavros better than Aaron Rodgers. That's not, that's not the point of this here. But what I am saying is that we always take Rodgers and we go, oh, yeah, top five without a doubt, no, sure, right? But when it comes down to these moments now in the playoffs, mm-hmm. you're home. You're the number one seed. You get it's the you have the you have the track to get mm-hmm. there. And you've failed to get it done multiple times now. You haven't been back to a Super Bowl yet. You've blown it in at least four NFC title games. I don't know what, what where does that start to come into play for you? It doesn't come into play for you at all. I, and, and as we both know, and we've stressed on here, it's a team game. Mm-hmm. It's not just him. And I a thousand percent get that. But I do think he is not helping his yeah. team either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, 69% completion percentage, that's great. 225 yards, zero touchdowns, no picks against the Niners. Mm-hmm. It's not good enough. Yeah, I think I think some stuff, like the Seattle one we always make fun of, but I'm like... That's not him. I was like, not, that's not him. That's his bad special him. teams. And then yeah. the, you lost the, the coin toss. Oh, and the trick play in, earlier in the game for the yeah. touchdown. Too. Like, none of that was on you. Yeah. You scored 22. No. You should probably have at least a shot to win that game. 100%. Um, even, like, the Bucks one, you had a couple things go against you. And Matt Lafour was like, we're going to take you off the field to kick a field goal. Yep. Down five. Yep. That's tough. Yep. Um, this last game, this last 49ers game, I put a little bit on you because I you only scored 13. But also, the special teams allowed 10 points. Yep. And in a 13-point game, you're like, 10 points. Yeah. I mean, don't, I, I don't have that, 10 points. But at the so, same time, you wanted Randall Cobb and you wanted some of these guys and you just, just yeah. chose not to use them. I just think that, yeah, I like, I agree. I just think that, like, sometimes, like, we look at some quarterbacks and be like, oh, yeah, special teams lost, that's okay, and then oh, Rodgers yeah. is yeah, not okay. Sure. Like, I'm just, like, I think it's, I think there's stories to every single game. Mm-hmm. Like, people are like, oh, man, he lost to Atlanta by 30. How do you, Atlanta's so much better than you yeah, in that game. Like, sure. come on, yeah. like, like, yeah, you're like, yep. there's, there's certain games and certain, like, you have to know the story mm-hmm. around the game mm-hmm. before you can, like, the Arizona one where he's like, everyone's like, how would you blow that? Well, the defense let Larry Fitzgerald run for 90 yards. Yeah, right. Yep. And they scored 37 it. points. Like, yep. no, I get it. I so, so, like, I don't think he's blown it necessarily in a lot of these cases. Mm-hmm. They just can't. There's always that one team that just gets over the hump over them. Yeah, I just, That's, you know, it's just one of those things that just. Yeah. At some point, you know. I mean, Mahomes is hitting it right now too. Where four yeah. of his years, three of them, it's like a team that shouldn't have beaten you. Yeah, beaten you. I, so. I'm getting to the point with him a little bit where it's like, you know what? We talk about it every year. You know, you, you play in the NFC North, you're gonna win five games just right off the bat. I, I haven't seen yet Rodgers in a playoff game. I would say outside of that Arizona game where he just throws another hail mary and it just happens to come down with it. Um. I haven't seen Rodgers in the playoffs go down the field in the last, at least in the last five, six, seven years. One and a half minutes left, ball in his hands, 
going the game. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. You know what I mean? And I think that's what's missing for me, I think, with him a little bit, right? It's yeah. I'm like, I just ha- that's like the one thing where I go, dude, you've got everything. You've got MVPs, you've got all pros, you've got, yeah. you got the Super Bowl, right? And that's fine. And he's going to go down with one of the greatest ever. But it's like, where is that moment for Rodgers? Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say, like, yeah. the Seattle one, he went down, scored a field goal, went to overtime yeah. just to lose the coin toss and lose, which, by the way, I hate the coin toss. Yeah, so, like, yeah. it sucks. Um, and then you look at the. Uh, he's got one, he's got two game winning drives in his career in the playoffs. Yeah. One, and one was, a, and he's only got one fourth quarter comeback, and that was in 2014. Yeah. Based on but that's what I mean. Is like, 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 like the Arizona one. He comes yeah. all the way back, hits the hail mary, and then it's like, oh, in overtime, Larry Fitzgerald was just gonna beat you. Yeah, like the numbers are always good. Like I don't really have any. I yeah. Mean, I, this last game he played like crap. I yeah, he don't did. let the stats fool you. But like, you know, even in. You know, but yeah, I just think like it's always like the like Green Bay somehow just learns has a way to let him down somehow. It just kind of <laughs> sucks that way. Like it's just. Like, I wouldn't even say necessarily it's him all the time. It's just, like, like against the Bucks, how do you, uh, six seconds before halftime, how do you let Scotty Miller, like, wide open in the back of the end zone? Oh, I don't disagree there. It's like, it's like one of those, like, you're up, you're going to be up four going into halftime getting the ball, and now you're down three getting the ball because you, like, Kevin King can't cover somebody or whatever. <laughs> it's like, it's like one of those, like, how do you let that happen? Come on, guys. Like, yeah. an onside kick with under, a, under two minutes left, and a guy just... Do you don't think, know how to catch. Like, what do you mean? Let me ask you this then, right? Do you think that he suffers from the same issue that I think there's some criticism on LeBron James is, where he likes Matt LaFleur, right? He, yeah. he signed off on that hire and everything like that, and it's like, well, you like these idiots who let this stuff happen. Yeah. You know, LeBron wanted Ty Lue or wanted Numb Nuts or Vogel mm-hmm. or wanted this guy to be on his team or that guy. And then when it doesn't work, he's like, well, it's not – Yeah. You know? I mean, so, like, I think there's a little bit of that to play into it as well. I just, oh, there is. You know, yeah. I, for me, it's just like – I think I I don't think Rodgers has thirty eight years old too. Yeah, I don't think Rodgers has the control that he wants to have on his team. I think if he had more control, he'd be like, I want like better receivers. Yeah, like he's always like, can we draft a receiver? Oh no, we're gonna draft Jordan Love in the first round. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like that's what they're giving him instead of giving him like Patrick Queen or a really what good receiver. Disaster. They're giving him Jordan Love. Like that's the stuff that Green Bay is giving him to work with. It's a guy that's not even going to play in Green Bay probably. Yeah. If Aaron Rodgers comes back, he'll probably leave. Go to the AFC. Just go to the AFC. Yeah. Go in, go in elsewhere, and then no one has to talk about this anymore. And then one can be like, "Well, Green Bay really blew it." Yeah. That's what they're doing now with the Lions. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It'd be <laughs> the exact same way. One hundred percent. What they're doing. All right, let's get this mock draft so we get out of here. Um, you know, combine less than a week away. Right. Cool. Oh, I don't know when it is, but I, love I, know it's coming. I think it's the fourth or no third, second, something like that of March, something sure. like that. So. Um, I'm really excited for the combine. I love the NFL scouting combine. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. It is what it is. I just, you know, it's fun. I'm excited. Um, I think it's just because it's like draft talk, and I like to talk about the draft as mm-hmm. much as possible. It's the Lions Super Bowl, for goodness sakes. So we got free agency coming up here in a couple weeks. We're going to be talking about that um, as we get a little bit closer. We're a couple weeks away still from that, so we'll do a free agency preview. But mock draft this week, who's a buy? Who you got? What's going on? All right, so we're going through uh... – let me find him. Okay, so this guy's name is Luke Easterling. Mm-hmm. He's on USA Today. Okay. He's got a three-round he- in, in, heading into the combine. Okay. So, yeah, combine talk. Three, three rounds. Rounders. Well, because I know you're, you're a big fan of the three-rounders. So yeah, I, I was like, yeah. I was like, I will find you a three-rounder. <laughs> Don't you worry. Mike spoiled me on this show. Okay, so number one, we Evan have uh, Evan Neal. Um and I'm, at this point, I'm going to say any offensive tackle that they like, they will take. It might not be Evan Neal. It might be one of the other two yeah. studs guys. But it's going to be an offensive tackle, I feel like, at this point. Word. 
Uh, number two. Hodgson? Yes. Okay. okay. Um, I think Combine might change that because if Thibodeau tests off the charge, I think I, everyone's going to mock him there. But I think that I think, I think Hutchinson just needs to do enough physically. Like, I think he needs to measure good enough for mm-hmm. them to take him. I still think he's their pick. I don't – I'm not going to be mad either way. Let me no. be very clear I think here. Fine I think way. he'll be fine. Um, I just – I think that he's just going to – I just – he just screams Dan Campbell to me, mm-hmm. and I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unless something crazy happens, they trade down. But if they're sticking at two, unless – Thibodeau is just like, holy crap. And I don't think he's going – he's not going to be Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. So unless it's Miles Garrett, I'm not yeah. – you know what I mean? So I think Hodgson's still the pick. All right, number three, safety Kyle Hamilton to Houston, which – Yeah, Houston needs everything. Houston needs, so, Houston needs mean, a lot more than us. Yeah, so they're, like, they're a disaster, dude. I'm sorry, but like – Lovey, I still don't understand the Lovey Smith hire. I'm sorry, it's just bad. Yeah, Nick Casario sucks. Uh, New York Jets pick uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. I think I think they would rather have Kyle Hamilton, Mm -hmm. but Thibodeau is also a great option for them. Basically, really like Aiden, Kyle Hamilton, or Thibodeau for the Jets. All three would be great picks for them. So they're just like plus they have two in the first round. Yeah, and they're like just give us whoever is left basically because they're like. Should have wished we could use an offensive tackle this year, and yet we yeah, don't. Could have pick Charlie. Game. Could pick Charles Cross because right. we gave you. Okay, we got Jamal Adams who only plays us eight games a year. Yeah. <laughs> Number five, Giants pick uh, Ikem Nkankwu, yeah, the North bad. Carolina tackle. He's the other guy who I think, like, if Jacksonville really loved him, they would pick him number one. But yeah. it's whoever you like, but I think yep, Jacksonville takes for sure. Yep. Uh, number six, the first big. I think chip to fall on us. Yeah, Carolina. Malik Willis. They take Malik Willis, and I think that's their first big chip to fall because I think that one is like – I don't think they're going to allow him – I don't think they're going to be allowed to take him. And the reason why I say that, I think that Matt Rule is a lame duck, and I don't think Tepper trusts this process at all. And I think they're going to try to trade for a veteran or something like that to try to turn it around now okay, rather than taking a quarterback. I don't like – I am still so shocked that the Bears ownership signed off on Pace trading up to get Fields mm-hmm. when they fired him both the next year. Yeah. Crazy to me. But let's go. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, number seven, the Giants from the Chicago pick. They are going to pick Florida State edge rusher Jermaine Johnson the second. That's really high. Wow. Pass rushing. I mean, my yep. goodness. Uh, number oh. eight, Atlanta Falcons take, which I'm not really shocked by now, uh, yeah. Drink London wide receiver at USC because I – Assume all, they're, they're probably going to lose Calvin all, Ridley. Well, it's all the flavor of the month for the receivers at this point, right? Like if it's if it's Jamison Williams, if it's Garrett, uh, Wilson, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, all those. All those it's, it's basically what do you like, yes. right? And you're just hoping if you're a Lions fan, one of those four guys falls to 32. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number nine, Denver Broncos take uh, Utah linebacker Devin Lloyd. I think, Love Devin Lloyd. I think him or um, the Kobe Dean are yes. both just crazy good athletes. Really good. Um, if one if of those the, guys is there. The Lions should definitely. Oh, 100%. But, but they, they're not going to be there. But if the Lions were picking like 11 or 12, mm-hmm. I would love to have yes. either one of them. But Don't, what are the percentage you put on um, the Lions trading up? Trading up? Yeah. Very low. You think so? Yeah. I, I, I doubt. I would say if like 24 mm-hmm. came up yeah. and the guy that they really want is yeah. there, I wouldn't be shocked to trade up to like. Yeah. 25, 26 maybe. Okay. But like I'm not saying they're going to trade up upward to 20. Oh no. But they I guess they could trade up. They I mean, could they they, they could and 34 you package to yeah, go to 20. Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, I but mean, I I don't I don't know if there's someone Yeah. I guess there is maybe. <laughs> I will see. So New York Jets at number 10 from Seattle would pick Cincinnati's corner Ahmad Sauce Gardner yep. because he is 
apparently just dogging everybody right now, and everyone loves this guy. So His stats prove it, too. Yeah. He's locked on everybody. All right, now, so that's outside of the top 10, so now yeah. we're just going to go picks that I care about <laughs> because I am doing this and not you. Okay. Uh, well, uh, the Washington Commanders will take uh, pick quarterback Kenny Pickett at number 11. Kenny Pickett's hand size, I'm going to talk about this right now, it's going to be huge for him because yeah. if his hands are like seven and a half inches or what it is like that, that's like an inch and a half below the – like the, the low end yeah. of the norm. It's going to be something yeah. to watch, guys. I know it's weird, like his hand size, but if you can't grip a football, a la Jared Goff, mm-hmm. there's problems. Yes. So watch for that. I'm telling you now. Yep. Um, number 12. Wow, this is the most Minnesota Viking move. They picked Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback out of LSU. I can't stress enough how, like, in my mind, the one team and one position I think of is Minnesota and corner because they take them every year, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Corner in the first round. Or a wide receiver and always kill us because Justin Jefferson's a beast. Yes. Um, okay. Wow. Okay. 13, Cleveland takes uh, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver. That would suck. I really was trying to go like like different picks, but then like the next three were just like, <laughs> I want to go over all three of these. Like, so I was like, man, all right, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, 15, uh, Philadelphia Eagles take Nicobe Dean, the linebacker. So mm-hmm. the other linebacker we like. So. He yeah, is off. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, let's see. Let's go down here. New Orleans Saints at 18 take Matt Corral, quarterback out of Mississippi. Wow. That's it. Matt Corral is going to be another guy who needs to test really well this week. Um, mm-hmm. I think all the quarterbacks need to dispel a little bit of something. I think Malik Willis is the only one, really, from an athleticism standpoint, doesn't need to do a whole lot. Um, but the throwing is going to be big for him. Yeah. Uh, number 25, jump down a little bit. Buffalo Bills take Georgia defense alignment Jordan Davis, the big dude mm-hmm. who just stuffs the yeah, middle. Yeah, Daniel Jeremiah had us mocked to him at 32. I don't think that he's a fit for the Lions. I know some people like got excited about it. No. They have a Lee McNeil. I was just he saying, he's he, fine. Jordan Davis is a nose. To, he is Vince Wolfork. He does not move to the edge. There's no pass rushing yeah. ability for Jordan Davis at all. He is a run stepper. Not a fit for the Lions, in my opinion. Great fit for Buffalo, though. Get rid of Starlo Talele or whatever his name mm. is. Get him out of there. I think he's Put a great fit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Michigan love here. So, number 26, Tennessee Titans take David Ojabo. Okay. That's, that's Drop not in a little all bit. that shocking. I mean, for them, I mean, that's actually a great spot for him. They have other pass rushers already on that team. That D-line would be sick. Yeah. Number 28, Green Bay Packers take uh, Jameson Williams, wide receiver out of Alabama. That would suck. That would the suck. The fact that he's hard. at 28, I think the Lions would be like. I think that's the guy, too, where Ooh. it's like if you want a package, go up to 26, right. try to jump and jump get that. Jump the Packers and be yeah. like, we're going to steal him right from underneath you and tell yeah. you to suck it on the way back. I would be totally cool with that. Yep. And then uh, that's about it for us. So we'll hit our 32 pick. Yep. Ohio State wide receiver Chris Olave at if 32. If this happens, I'd be over the moon. Mm-hmm. I would. Be. Now, I love Jameson Williams. I think Jameson Williams is really good as well. But if, if Olave falls, and maybe that's why they don't trade, if Olave falls to them at 32, I will be doing backflips this that next show. Yep. I would be, oh, my gosh, excited. Yep. So top of the second round here, Jacksonville Jaguars open up the second day. They take Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dotson. And so at 34, Lions get the 34th pick, and they, they take, take Daxon Hill. Oh, my God. Best draft ever. Best draft ever. That's oh why I, I looked at that, and I was like, this is Best awesome. Best draft ever. Like, there's nothing about – there's no. I mean, especially, like, obviously that Daxon Hill pick is going to be very reliant upon what they do in free agency, right? They sign Marcus Williams. Maybe Daxon Hill's not on their radar. I don't think Daxon Hill falls around two. I think he goes in the bottom half of round one. I think he's yeah. a freak. Um I'd be, oh my yeah. gosh, excited. Yeah. That's three starters. That's what people don't understand about this. That this draft, 
really needs to let net the Lions three starters in the first 34 picks. Mm-hmm. They need to get these right. It yep. has to be correct. Yep. So going through some names here. Chicago... Unless they take a quarterback, but you know yeah. that's a outstanding Chicago Bears will take Purdue wide receiver David Bell. That helps Justin Fields a little they bit there. They replace Allen Robinson. Yep. Um, 41, Seattle Seahawks with their first pick. Pick cornerback Khalil Elam. Uh, the Florida guy, yeah. mm-hmm. um, he's really good. Yeah. I don't know why he dropped so far. He was yeah. he, he's been projected pretty need, high. I'm surprised, dude. Man, I get it. They need corner help, but they need offensive line help yeah. desperately. Um, Atlanta Falcons take uh, Desmond Ritter at like 43. Mm-hmm. So that's not a bad pick yeah, them. just that's literally just a mm-hmm. Colts at 47 pick John Mechie the third. That would be a crazy oh, pick that for them. Sucks not that early. I want. John Mechie is a guy that I look at uh, for the Lions. Not mm-hmm. in round two though. I would. I have him more in the three four range right yeah. i mean in mock draft simulation you can get him in like round six that's not going to happen but yeah mechie in a middle round pick would be phenomenal for yeah. this Lions team. number 52 i think this is kind of low but pittsburgh yeah. sealers pick uh north carolina sam howell quarterback yeah, no i think that's there's really no low way. i don't think he makes it that no low way i mean if he made it that low then good for them good but, for them yeah. but um no that's way. a that's a low okay so yeah. going through 50. this rest of the second round there's not a whole bunch of guys i like yeah. I'm sitting out there. I'm like, oh, I'll get that guy. <laughs> so we are going to try to find 64. Okay. All right. So top of the third round, Jacksonville takes Texas A&M tight end Jalen uh, Wademeyer. Um, yeah, I think he's mm-hmm. the first tight end taken, and he's, yeah. brought, and mm-hmm. he's a stud. Yep. So uh, 66, I don't think the Lions would do this, mm-hmm. but this is also a need, I guess. So they it looks like they take – Kentucky wide receiver Wandell Robinson. He's basically short and runs like a four three five forty or something. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's like a freak of nature fast. There's no way they go. But I don't think they go back to back receiver. They're gonna sign somebody. I'm yeah. sure in free agency. Um, not anybody huge. Let's be yeah. very clear that they're, they're not gonna sign. They're not gonna sign Marquise Godwin. They're not. Or Chris no, Godwin. Sorry. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Sorry. They're not gonna sign him. That's not. Yeah. If they do, I'll be like, I think we're trying to put the cart in front of the horse. I think it's too soon. Yeah. Um. Like, now, if they didn't take Olave, now that's not necessarily a big pick there. I think if that pick there, I think there's a myriad. Of, third round is where I think things can get interesting. I think they can go interior guard because, you know, Vitae, whether he's here or not, they need depth at guard. Um, I think they could go linebacker. I think they could go corner. I think they could go, honestly, I know I've been hearing some reports too. They may even go running back mm-hmm. um, because, you know, Jamal Williams only got one year left. Swiss only got two years left. Uh, you know, you're really expecting a whole lot of Jamar. He was a seventh-round pick. And the Rams draft running backs. And if Hassan Haskins is sitting there in round three or four, mm-hmm. staring you in the face, he may be the best player on the board. He may just go there. So yeah. in these picks here, I think it's very interesting. I think Lions fans need to open. NFL teams don't draft specifically for need. Mm-hmm. They don't. It should, they have a plan for each player that they take. So if you anticipate this guy is going to be a player for you, a la Obi Malafonwu, then – He's gonna go. It's yeah. you know it's the reality of it. Yeah. So, so at like at like sixty eight, Houston yeah. Texans take linebacker uh, Damon Clark, yeah. and I'm like, that's a guy who I'm like at sixty six. I'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah you, right, you would yeah. take him linebacker, linebacker right, yeah. fills a need kind of thing. Because yeah. I think after the first two rounds, right, you're kind of like, okay, where can we like what's best player available? Fill up a board yeah. with the best player available. Like if you're like an offensive lineman, you have graded out well, super yeah. high. You're like, all right, yeah. let's take that guard. Well, you you saw, fill him in there. You saw their, like their thought process as you kind of go to uh, that was the last pick, right? right? Yeah, like you pick. saw their, their their draft process, right? Is the okay? Wh- there's one nose guard 
available in Aline McNeil that they are in love with. Mm-hmm. That they're like, wow, he is the only one who gives us all this versatility. Versus there's got five wide receivers they had on their board. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, we can, we're going to go try to get that USC kid in round four. And so it's like, that's the manipulation of the board where you go, like the line, everyone lines around, like, we got to take a receiver, right? Nope. They took a defensive end and they took a nose guard. And you go, oh, crap. Okay. But then you get Amon Ross St. Brown in round four and everybody goes, okay, we got a wide receiver. Is that a good thing? I don't really know. You know, and then he turns out to be a stud. So trust the process a little bit here. First three picks though, super crucial. If that's the way the draft falls, there's no Lion fan that can be pissed. Mm-hmm. There's none. You got homegrown talent. You got needs everywhere that you met. Three starters, day one. Mm-hmm. And they're probably, the each one of them are the best at your position. Probably. So that's crazy. That's going to be it for this week's show, though, guys. Uh, we, we went long today. We went an hour and 40, but we had a lot of stuff to go over this week. So, it uh, happens. Yeah, it happens, right? 170, it's, it's a big moment, right? 170 episodes, <laughs> it's a big moment. But that's going to be it for this week's show, guys. On behalf of the Missing Whaleman, he's the mouth, or no, he's not. He's the Merc Zone. I'm mm-hmm. the mouth of Michigan Robin Dyke. We will see you guys, as always, next time.